Hi, this is Martin Cove. A lot of you know me as the sensei and the karate kid. You better show up at Monster Mania this weekend, and you're listening to the Below the Belt show. And if you don't listen hard, there's no mercy. The Below the Belt show is closed captioned for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. Yeah, that's right, guys. It's time for another episode of BTB, Below the Belt Show in the Mother Effin' yeah. House. I'm your host. I'm your host, Al Soto, a.k.a. Celebrity Soto, your host with the most back for another amazing episode after what I would say a pretty amazing weekend. That's right. Oh and uh, Busy, busy weekend. Busy, busy weekend. And a couple of people in studio got to partake. The general was invited to partake, but he was in the in the uh, in the mix. But nonetheless, let's go ahead and introduce the room. I already introduced his name, so I'll start with him. That's right. He is the man with the calming presence. He is the one and the only Mike, the General Zod. I love that introduction, and it's good to be here. <laughs> it's good to have you back. I've uh, had a tumultuous week, but it's. Um, it's good. It's good. Why tumultuous? Well, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, some plans didn't work out the way I wanted them to. Oh, I think I know what you're alluding but, to. Uh, but that's okay, because, you know, it's a new week, and, you know, like, for instance, I couldn't go to AwesomeCon. Yes. <laughs> and, that's a good point. Yeah. You... But two people here did. Let's go ahead and introduce, that's right, guys, he is... The most important people. That's all that matters. He is the king of the 80s, the demotivational speaker, the one and the only Chachi McFly. And speaking of the 80s, um, you heard the promo from um, Sensei Kreese. Yes. Um, He said... See him at awesome. See him at Monster Mania this weekend. Right. That was an old uh, soundbite. <laughs> yeah. So don't go to Monster <laughs> so Mania. Don't go looking for him this weekend because <laughs> you won't find him. But you will find him another place. Yes, which was awesome. Come this past weekend. Yeah, but you, you'll find him on the show. Oh yes, yes, yes that's yes, right. Yes. Tonight we will be playing. That's right. Exclusive audio from Awesome Con. An interview conducted by Chachi McFly with Sensei Kreese himself. Marty, Marty Cove, that's Great guy. right. Second time Ooh. on Below the Belt Show. And, and one guest that made me LOL during the interview <laughs> when he talked about one of the actresses being a certain... Yeah. Well, I'll, we'll save it for we'll the save interview. It. You, you got to listen in. And when I interviewed him, I heard you laugh in the background and made me start laughing. <laughs> and I had to like, you know, cut my mind off. Well, he, he did not, say something like, very it. similar talking about he liked his... Sanka, hot, like you, ah, yes. yeah, the, the, the waitress at the diner. Yes, yes, yes. So it was kind of his same personality, uh, which... Now he's, a, he's a great guy in person, and like yeah. it's cool to interview him like so close to the um, launch of um, the second Kai. season of Cobra Kai, which is why we're, we're playing the interview now, because it's, it's, it's yes. timely. And we'll get to uh, another big thing in a minute. Yes. And let's go ahead and introduce, that's right, cosplayer 
extraordinaire. She is TMF, Tiffany Marie Ford, a.k.a. <laughs> I forgot all of her nicknames. There we uh, go. I do know one of them, which she's not fond of, but anyways, Something I love it. Autumn? Uh, Whispers of Autumn? Whispers of Autumn. I feel like we could just have an entire session of discussing my name. <laughs> A.K.A. Fira Winters. There we go. A.K.A. Theofania Oforte. <laughs> <laughs> it's Italian now. <laughs> I didn't know how to pronounce that. <laughs> I just said it the best way I thought I could. It was artistic. I loved it. Okay, great. Yeah, you suddenly turned to the Jersey Shore over here. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Yeah. Oh, uh, so anyways, guys, the weekend was awesome. Is that because racist? Um, I guess nah, Italians? Nah, no? Okay, nah, nah. all right. So the, we- so the weekend was Mario awesome. Brothers. Not only did we experience Awesome Con, which we'll get into very shortly, just really quick, myself and Chacha McFly and uh, a few others got to experience the events in D.C. for the White House Correspondents Dinner. Light. Light, light yes. as in light in the celebrity attendance. Yes, yes, yes. Light in the fact that the president didn't attend this year. Right. And light the fact that there was no comedian at the dinner, but there was a comedian on Friday night. We went to the not the White House Correspondents Dinner with the one and only Samantha B. I'd like to thank, of course, Samantha B., uh, TBS publicity, uh, Turner publicity for taking care of us here on Below the Belt Show. As you know, my, I myself had worked on the show uh, for a skit, the masked employee. Um, and just uh, inquired, and of course, due to us also Which being is the best way to have you, I think, as a masked employee. Yes, yes. <laughs> I think he's taking a gag at your face being ugly. Wow. <laughs> oh, so I didn't say all that, man. That, that was a low blow. You just called me handsome a second ago. Yeah. You are, but he just said. No, I was talking about him being like a. <laughs> him being like a luchador. I was talking about, you know, being like a skilled fighter uh-huh. and being brave. Mm-hmm. That's what I was talking about. I don't Great know what you save. were talking about. Great save. That's horrible, man. <laughs> You're very handsome now. Don't listen to her. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're just. <laughs> what are you talking about? I had to go below the belt with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> um. So um. Yeah. So uh, we got invited to the. Not the White House Correspondents' Dinner. We were treated uh, with a lavish dinner. It, it, that was great. It was uh, mahi-mahi, filet mignon. Um, what else, Chachi? Crab cake appetizers. Oh, yeah. They had a, a burrata salad. You had burrata before. It's that very creamy mozzarella up top of greens, and it's absolutely... You poke into it, and it's a billow of, of white mozzarella gooeyness. <laughs> and this is food talk with yeah. Al Soto. White mozzarella. <laughs> that, that food talk. Part. Let's talk about things that go in Al's mouth. Uh. <laughs> well, she's not here today. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, um, it was an awesome. Again, Samantha B took time to meet everybody at the end of the evening. Oh, she she was very which nice. Was, which is really awesome. Cool. Um, we got to hang out with some awesome people from the Narrow organization, the uh, pro-choice um, organization based in D.C. Um, and then uh, we got some good swag bags. And then what did we do after that? We went to the United Talent Agency Bash at Field Amari in Georgetown. That's right. Holy hell, TMF. You got my message, right? <laughs> I got you. I message. told you where I we were. It was leave ridiculous. It, it. I know. Dude, at the party, not only was... She, Politicos there like Sean Spicer and Don Lemon and um, um, probably many others that I... Uh, oh, yeah. Um, the Shark Tank, uh, Mr. Wonderful himself was there. The Kevin O'Leary, who's there every year partying. 
It was the hottest party in town. He probably talked to him. He's always talking to some. So, like, so uh, I girl. guess my invitation was lost somewhere for this. <laughs> you, 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 you said you were unavailable all week. Yeah, I was, but, <laughs> but it's no. still nice to be invited. Well, check your mailbox. <laughs> but not only that, General, because that was the hottest party in town by United Talent Agency, and Awesome Con was around the awesome, most greatest con in Washington D.C. with all the celebrities in town. Guess who showed up? He won't be able to guess this time. It's pretty big. <laughs> the Flash star, Danielle Panabaker. Oh, wow. Riverdale star, KJ Appa, and I believe a couple other Riverdale stars that weren't at the con, but were, I guess, in town with KJ. So these were, like, surprise guests? They weren't even average. This is, well, surprising the fact that, yeah, I mean, they were here because of Awesome Con, not the White House correspondent. Oh, gotcha. So they knew the hottest part in town. Danielle was Panabaker. Danielle I... Panabaker, yes. Yeah. So I got to talk with Danielle and KJ and uh, you know, did the meet and greet with them. And um, Oh, man, we saw Dolph Ziggler, yeah. WWE superstar. Had a long conversation with Dolph. He was really cool in person. Yeah, really cool because I, ta- I talked to him because he's trying to get into stand-up comedy and possibly phase out of pro wrestling. And I said, why not bring your comedy persona to the you know, WWE? He's like, you know, I would really like that, but you know it's really WWE's call. You know, I was like, I think that would be great. I think you should pitch it or, or whatever, you know, if creative can have you do that and show some of that comedic side that we don't get to see necessarily in WWE. And he's like, yeah, I totally agree with that, man. Yeah. So it was really cool. And um, man, what else happened that? So um, the next day we do Awesome Con, day one, for us at least, day one. Um, TMF was day in the house. Day one was Thursday. Yep. <laughs> day one was Thursday, I guess. But I guess day one was Saturday for me. Um, we got some great interviews with our own Ali Dash, along with um, click on this videographer extraordinaire, Dexter. Uh, we got some great interviews with Anthony Michael Hall, Jennifer uh, Blanc Bean, Phil Lamar, Kelly LeBrock from Weird Science, and Jim O'Hare, who plays Jerry in Parks and Recreations. A lot of those interviews will be played. In future Below the Belt shows, however, tonight we're playing Chachi's interview with the one and only Martin Cove. That's right, Sensei Crease. Yeah, Sensei Crease. Yeah, so that was on Sunday. Chachi, we also got to interview Wes Johnson, the voice of the Capitals. My boy! <laughs> he knows me now. It's pretty cool. <laughs> and also an interview which I wouldn't say was my shining moment as, as, a, as a host was with Gates McFadden. I accidentally said the new series with Dr. John Luke Picard. But oh. I meant Captain. So she completely rid me the entire <laughs> interview and says, Well now that you said you're doctor, you're not allowed to fuck up. I'm the one that's like, I'm the only one who's allowed to fuck up. <laughs> I was like That's oh. pretty that's pretty salty. I would not have expected her to be salty. It, she said it was a long day. Gotcha. And she said I only had one question. I, I asked her if she's gonna be in the new Star Trek series with John Luke Picard, and I said Doctor John Luke, and I fucked up, and then she fucked me up back. So <laughs> thank you, Gates McFadden, for. <laughs> I don't know if there's a, you know, she's being cynical or sort of sort of uh, humorous on that take, but it was a very odd interview experience, I have to say. I mean, it was complete. Wow, I don't know what to say about that. That was weird. Um, in addition. Um, that was Sunday. Of course, we were all exhausted by that because the night before we went to the BuzzFeed White House Correspondents Dinner Party, which again had an amazing spread of food, 
They had some signature cocktails, the uh, the old-fashioned redaction, uh, <laughs> among many other cool cocktails. I think I sent you the cocktail list, right? Um, and um, our friends from uh, NARO organization came. And, of course, um, videographer extraordinaire Dexter and um, a friend of mine from Wonder Woman 1984, um, um, she also attended as well. Uh, and then after that, we go to the Capitol File Party, um, closed out the night with, um, wow, they had um, an empanada truck parked outside. <laughs> <laughs> so that was interesting. Um, they had some really good whiskey. They had a photo booth. Um, and yeah, it was uh, it was a good time. It was pretty much that's Well, that's lower um, on parties on Saturday night, huh? From uh, the previous years. <sighs> well, I think that the main party was the MSNBC party. Yeah, but I, I know, yeah. like, pre-parties, like, like normal. Um, well, there was, but uh, our friends over at the Atlantic, uh, rescind- yeah. not really rescinded, but the, they weren't hosting this year. So, as you know, um, that was no reception that we were looking forward to attending. I think what we need is a new president, and then it'll just pop right back up again. <laughs> yeah, Everybody will want to party. <laughs> All the you know, celebrities will come back. You're absolutely no, right. No um, Playboy party, either. No, um, um, Cooper Hefner did not throw the Playboy party this year. He said he would be happy to come back uh, but no he did I mean it's, it's almost like the celebrities don't care about the uh, media that's surprising <laughs> <laughs> they get enough of it yeah, yeah. because like I mean there's, yeah. there's no um, Trump there so why are they not coming like there's they talked about they love the first amendment and stuff but where are they at I totally 110% <laughs> agree with you. Um, Maybe they're just coming for Obama before and for the Vanity Fair party. They're like, Trump's not going to be here to make a fool of himself. Cameras won't be here. Well, bye. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, it was, although it was a very, yeah, I mean, there weren't many celebrities. Most of the celebrities were at AwesomeCon, mm-hmm. which is cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But we did have uh, Michael Kelly ho- hosting the Capitol File Bash. Um, Jay Leno was seen at the MSNBC Bash. And, um, of course, all the, the politicals, um, of course, your favorite. Um, Sarah Huckabee Sanders and um, oh, my favorite, <laughs> <laughs> it was your yeah. favorite, and uh, and Sean Spicer. I'm actually curious well. to hear why uh, Sarah Huckabee is Tashi's oh. favorite. No, I'm just <laughs> I have no idea. She's my her friend favorite. Cy and his friends were up at New York Comic Con. Apparently, they ran into her that weekend. I guess she was out for drinks, and she mm-hmm. got mad that they did not know who she was. Oh wow! Yeah, like, really. She went from oh, you must know what I do, and then he's just like. My, especially my friend at CY, he's oblivious. He's like the biggest nerd. He doesn't get out much. And he's just like, no, I don't. Like, what's your name? And then she goes, and she looks at him, apparently, he said, with a stone drop face, just like, and then she got mad. How what? don't you know? <laughs> so did her giant face, like, engulf them or anything <laughs> like that? I think what he, what he means by stone drop face is it went like this, and then someone just dropped a brick on her face. Oh, yeah. And well, I mean, ground, that's kind of no what her face looks like usually. Exactly. But, uh, <laughs> Man. Wow! Yeah. General being all catty. Yes, wow! I am. wow. <laughs> but yeah. Right, but who um, else do we have on the show tonight? So that was <laughs> my house correspondence dinner, and uh, yes, um, we actually have a great guest um, in the theme of Cobra Kai uh, tonight. Um, of course, you heard that great opening promo by Martin Cove, who's Sensei Crease. We have actress Mary Mouser calling in, who is one of the series regulars on Cobra Kai. She plays. Samantha LaRusso, that's yeah, um, Daniel's daughter. That's Daniel's daughter. This lovely, talented actress will be calling in to blow the belt. She had a huge role this season. That is fantastic. You've actually seen all of season two. Uh, you just saw me uh, twice. 
Watch Wow, twice. Watch Holy it twice already, smokes. yes. It's crazy. You saw me actually just watching um, episode one of season two. I did. So I got a little a little bit of catching up to do. I did have some questions about it, but well, I you'll guess... You'll hear some spoilers tonight, then. I will probably so hear some ready. spoilers. Yes. It's fine. I'm okay with that. All it's right. not the Avengers, and it's not Game of Thrones, and I'm okay well, with that, it. That's your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> and also, um, and something a little bit different from... Uh, for Below the Belt show, is an author. An author and a, and a fellow podcaster named uh, John Driver. This is a really fun book. It's called The Ultimate Guide for the Avid Indoorsman. Not outdoorsman, but indoorsman. So, um, I need this book. It's a pretty <laughs> cool book. Do you want to look through it really quick? Yes, I read very fast. Five seconds later. So just some, <laughs> <laughs> just some topics that uh, include everything from getting efficient sleep to... Indoor exercises, to um, food and drink, to wardrobe and facial hair, um, to the history of of man caves, and I think it might be kind of meant for men, but I I, I can see how women could also benefit from a book Obviously like that as well. Obviously, facial hair. We all have yeah. those problems, ladies, yeah. from time to time. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, uh, <laughs> nonetheless, uh, yes, the... <laughs> the ultimate guide for the avid indoorsman. And it's funny, he actually has um, a quiz where you can find out how outdoorsy or indoorsy you are. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, certain criteria that uh, I guess uh, would be more as a uh, indoorsman or if certain criteria would be an outdoorsman or if you're moderate, like in between both, that kind of thing. So um, John Driver also on tonight's show. So um Man, it's a jam-packed show, so let's go ahead and start with talking about everything in the world of entertainment. So here we go. It is time for the Hollywood Report. That's hot. That's bananas. That's off the chain. All right, that's right, guys. We have to talk about the biggest movie it seems like ever almost i think it's like right behind avatar guys it was epic amazing exhilarating awesome everything in the my gosh the general got to check it out i got to check it out tmf got to check it out chachi mcfly got to check it out that's right guys didn't just about i mean isn't it more significant to say who hasn't checked it out yet? Yes. At this yes. point, yes, yes. For a second time, even? Yeah. <laughs> Avengers Endgame, guys. Let's let's go around the rooms. Thoughts, emotions, um, the feels. I mean, what, what did you guys, how did you guys experience it? Uh, and just to warn the listeners, just a little heads up, that we will be discussing Avengers Endgame and some of the spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Um, some of the plot lines and things that have happened in the film. So if you do not want to know, we advise that you listen to this broadcast after watching Endgame. Spoilers. So, yeah, but, um, by the time we post this episode, it's going to be like five weeks anyway. So well, no. One by week. then, the Avengers will be old news. <laughs> no, no. I've been, I, we've been a little better about that. We have been. We have been. <laughs> one week. <laughs> so, all right. So... Um, let's talk about the big, big deaths that occurred, um, because obviously we, we can't wrap around our heads around some of these. Um, obviously, um, one of those emotional ones was the guy that started it off in the very beginning of the MCU was, um, none other than Robert Downey Jr., who played Tony Stark slash Iron Man. And yes, um, yeah, he, him and Captain America were, I guess, um, rumored due to the fact that they didn't necessarily 
sign new contracts for films, so they were kind of like in the minds of others um, uh, that would possibly be the first. But no, we saw Tony Stark's untimely death due to the fact he used the Infinity Gauntlet and being human could not handle the power that the gauntlet um, had. Wasn't a, his version of a gauntlet, though? Well, it, it was, was more so the stones. Yeah, really. It's the stones. Right? Okay. It's not the. Glove. So I figured he would have uh, like devised. Um, it was interesting how the gauntlet they made it changed mm-hmm. size based on who uh, you know, because like Tony Stark made the made the made that other gauntlet after they went and got the stones. Right. And uh, it was an interesting plot point there. The uh, the gauntlet changed size based on who was wearing it. Because uh, there was a whole thing where they were trying to decide who would wear it, which of the Avengers would wear it, and the right. Hulk puts it on and like, yeah. burns up half of his body. But um, he goes out as a hero. Um, he uh, destroys uh, Thanos' army and Thanos himself, um, which um, is pretty much made the ultimate sacrifice right there. Um, but, uh, man, that, that final battle scene, guys. Wow. I mean... Uh, Avengers. Avengers Assemble, right? Assemble. Assemble. I whispered it right after. Like, <laughs> I felt finally like a 12-year-old little girl again when uh-huh. I used to be so big into the cartoons and the comics. And, like, I just got chills because finally. Yeah. You know. And then Captain America said it. Yeah. The the scene That's that really ass. gave me chills, though, was when Cap first picked up Mjolnir. <laughs> that's uh, oh, okay. Yeah, that's what yes. I was like. Yeah. That means he is certainly worthy and yeah. and certainly as strong as Thor, right? I've mm-hmm. never that been the loud person at the theaters, but I screamed. And, but, other people, <laughs> but other people seem to like it. They're like, yeah. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, God, it was sad to see Robert Downey Jr.'s um, character, Iron yeah, man, man, pass away, which I, I've i read a, a rumor that maybe he's not gone for good. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. Well, in the comic know. world, the comic book world, nothing's ever... And in the Final. comic book world, Tony and Black Widow have died in certain situations before and came back. And Gamora came back, even though they said she couldn't, with yeah. that being her death. So, so, not say anything. so now that you mentioned Black Widow, this is probably the shocking, most shocking death, only because we knew that she was she's going to be in another standalone Black Widow movie, which now is either a prequel or it's a big swerve. It's one of the two. I don't know which one you'd rather have, but... Uh, uh, that was really emotional. It was all her up. character hasn't did much at all, ever. <laughs> like um, she's the I'm soul uh, that yeah, saved but, the no, world. No, she's uh, she's done a fair <laughs> well, amount in all the movies. Tip, Black, uh, Black Widow's near and dear to Tiffany's heart. Oh, I like her. She's cosplay. I'm saying I think she should do. I'm saying I think her character should do more. I I yeah. sobbed as if there were fire ho- hose hoses words fire right. hoses installed into my eye sockets. I really sobbed, and I didn't expect it to be at that time in the oh. movie, and it just. Well, somebody, well, somebody in, in my theater I saw it was sobbing like a little bitch, like behind me, like, oh, like, oh my. like they must have got like a um, text that their grandmother died or whatever, because it, it couldn't have been <laughs> from an actual movie. But you know, it, good it, for them. I mean, hey. You've never, but you've never sad. gotten Berklemt at a movie. I've gotten sad. No, come on, let's be honest. Come on, Josh. You've never gotten. I got in sad. You never had a teary eye. Well, but there's a difference between a teary eye and, and I mean, this, this was like, it's <laughs> like a puppy got ran over or whatever. I mean, this was like a loud <laughs> sobbing. Like, I couldn't believe it. And it was like several rows back. So, I mean, it was like, I mean, they were, they were touched by this. <laughs> it's Black Widow. She kept the Avengers together. And I think, no, I think, I think it was so. darn Tony Stark. You're right. I think. That part yeah. was like, yes. Yeah, that was sad. And they, mm-hmm. they did the scoring perfectly because they did silence as like the last times when mm-hmm. he, you thought he was going to die and then he came back. And then yeah. once the music, there was a pause of silence. 
and you thought maybe, maybe, and then the music started playing, and you're just like, fuck. <laughs> so let's talk, let's talk about if Robert Downey Jr. is now gone from um, these movies. Let's talk about the greatest comeback probably ever in Hollywood. Like when he oh, was, Robert when, yes, yeah, when yes. he first signed on for the first Iron Man, like well, first they wanted him, but he was like, you know, he was he was like toxic toxic um, waste or whatever. Like I mean, he, he was, had addiction problems, addiction problems. Like nobody wanted to touch him, and like um, they took out a big insurance policy on him to get him to like step rehab, up and, and yeah. like and people were wondering like I remember the media was like, can he make it through like um, you know through the filming? They didn't know if he could, but then like here it is like ten years later, and he's like yeah. And he pretty much like you know carried most of the franchise. I mean, he's, but good uh, for he's him. Pretty much, I think he's the highest paid actor I'm, per movie. Yeah, now. it should be. And the other irony to, mm-hmm. to um, Robert Downey Jr. being the person that played Tony Stark is anyone that was a big comic book fan. Tony Stark's character throughout the comics was all about character development and growth and becoming mm-hmm. human. And I think that Robert Downey Jr. was the epitome of that. Yeah, <laughs> he mm-hmm. became very humbled. I think also through those experiences and Iron Man, just as he did in those films toward the end of it. So I'm not even sure if he was acting toward the end. He was just so <laughs> perfect. Yeah. There are all these stories about when the when they were filming the first Iron Man movie. <clears throat> they actually didn't have the script complete be- until like half, like at least like a quarter of the way through filming. Like wow, they were really? literally <laughs> writing the script. As they were filming? As they were filming. I've never heard of that. Because like, there's crazy. this story about how like Jeff Bridges, who, you know, super professional actor, right. been in so many movies, mm-hmm. He came in like one of the first days, and he's like, "What the fuck? Where's the script?" Right. And and then he said, "Well, I guess it's like a two hundred million dollar student film." Uh, and, uh, <laughs> oh come on, that's crazy. <laughs> uh, speaking of Iron Man, there was a young man in the funeral scene um, that popped up, and uh, a lot of people didn't know who that was. I but, called it. I but, guessed who it but was. You guessed who it was. Yeah. It was um, a kid that appeared in Iron Man three. His character is Harley Keener, played by actor Ty Simpkins. And um, if you could remind me of his character, he... Uh, he was a kid who helped... He was like in... I don't remember where that took place, like Alabama or something. Yeah. And um, that helped Tony Stark when Tony Stark was like on the run. Oh, from, yes. Yeah. yeah. And Help- he, uh, he was like he was like an engineering prodigy, too. Ah, yes. Okay. And then uh, he helped him recharge his suit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, while um, while Tony was investigating a mysterious death. Right. Yeah. So um, so that was that. That's who that was. Um, okay. We talked about Black Widow. We hope something. I, I'm hoping for a swerve. I think the movie because they be do a have a prelude. Yeah. They do. Well, you think there will be a prequel? I think so. Explaining well, more of where she came from because there is more history to her well, that the, you don't see. The, the, do the Red Room. The Red Room is the big <laughs> Black <laughs> Widow story. The thing in, about um, prequels, prequels have to in the MCU prequels set up other things going mm-hmm. forward. If you go the prequel world, the Captain Mar- Marvel, you needed that because you needed an introduction. I, I there really wasn't a reason for Captain Marvel to take place in the 90s. It was cool that it did, but it's right. like there I mean there wasn't anything really important about it's it just being the other in the thing 90s. Is if it's not a prequel, mm-hmm. then people are going to expect another setup of several films, so it has to somehow end or wrap things up perfectly for that one film unless there's going to be three right. Black Widow films, which I don't think. Yeah. Well, you never know. I mean, it so, could be insane. I mean, it could be really successful. But like So a friend actually brought up a really interesting point uh when captain america had to return all the stones back to the place mm-hmm. uh, you know, where they were once returning the soul stone couldn't technically maybe black widow be, widow be resurrected because he's returning the stone you know 
The interesting thing about that, <laughs> you think so I would, many universes I would, we're creating I w- here. I would have yeah. really loved it because yeah. Cap goes and returns the Soul Stone, and guess who's at the Soul Stone? The Red Skull. Red Skull. Yeah. <laughs> and, of all uh, people, yeah. Like, again, didn't he already have his spotlight? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just like Cap's mm-hmm. like, oh. It's the Red Skull. It's my <laughs> former arch enemy. He happens to be here. No big deal. Yeah, no big deal. Hey, dude, guy, what's up? <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> now, now that Chris um, Evans is like retiring from the Marvel universe, he has like a lot more time to worry about Trump constantly. Oh, so, is yeah. that what he's doing? That's all he does. Yeah. Okay. Well, focuses on more his time. Energy. Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll talk about that. Uh, Chris Evans in um, his character of Captain America. That's right. They did not kill off Steve Rogers. What did they decide to do, General? They decided for him to go back in time when he returned the stones and go back to the 1950s and have one last dance with Peggy Carter. Oh, Agent I'm Carter. sorry to do that, too. I'm cosplaying as Peggy soon. That would be a good one. That would be a good one. Um, and um, he decided to stay in the 1950s and age uh, gradually. And I guess he would be, what, in his 80s or 90s? Is, is that, uh, so let's say he's 30? So it's 2023 when that takes place. So yeah. what is that? That is about, um, well, from the 1950s, it's about 70-some years. He's probably in his 30s. 30s. He would have been dead. Yeah, so he'd be like 100 <laughs> years so old. So the timeline's a little <laughs> off. Yeah. yeah. He would be 100 years old, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, maybe it's a super soldier serum keeps him alive. Maybe. It keeps, it keeps him, uh, yeah, it, it gives him a, a longer lifespan than yeah. most. Yeah. But when he went back to her, was that before or after the serum? I'm pretty sure it's after. Yeah, after. Well, Well, no, because the photo in the um, on the base that he saw of himself was thin. It Mm. wasn't jacked up. Oh. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I do know that Cap gave Peggy Carter his serum. That's Mm. Mm. That's America's ass. (laughs) (laughs) America. Get over that line. I know. Is that great? <laughs> yeah, there were so many funny. Um, let's let's talk about more from the movie, guys. Oh yeah, there's so many God. funny so many things. Um, things in this movie. All right, like, um, I love the best part of um, the Marvel universe. Yeah, I love the Hulk in that movie. So I love yeah, I thought it was the great. Yeah. Of the the Hulk. merging great. of the two Hulks. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting one. That was um, funny. Would you like to see that version of Hulk going forward? The 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 smart, intelligent, big Hulk. I would. Strong Hulk. Okay. I would. It was funny him having to walk down all those stairs. <laughs> yeah, like, that was great. I think it's a it's a cool take, and maybe hopefully he'll be in another film. And I don't think he's getting in a solo film, but maybe he'll make an appearance. Well, they won't they won't give yeah. him a solo film because of some weird. Um, I heard about that. Yeah, rights issue with Universal Pictures, yeah, where Universal about Pictures. That, yeah. Has the rights to Hulk's solo films, okay, but so he can do team ups. It's the same thing with uh, I read. It's the same thing with um, Prince Namor, the Submariner. That's okay. why. Well, I mean, I don't know how pow- popular a character he is, but you right. know, that's why he hasn't appeared in anything yet. Hmm. But no, Edward Norton's got to regret his decision uh, not to stick with the character. You know, from the original Hulk. You think they should have? No, I think I think he wishes he would have. Oh. Hmm. There were a lot of problems with Ed, between Ed Norton and like uh, Marvel production. Right, right. I yeah, I heard it was yeah. Very, it's really difficult to work with. Norton, yes, Norton, the original. Gosh, Mark Ruffalo it took me a lot of. Forgot who you're talking okay. about. Yes, Edward Norton was the first <laughs> yes. Hulk, and he's probably kicking himself in the balls. Right, exactly. For turning that down, and I'm wondering the same thing with um, Lucius from uh, Empire. 
<laughs> oh yeah, he got Terrence fired Howard. though. I think he got it, fired, right? Yeah. So apparently he's a, a difficult personality. He's a difficult personality behind, to work with, uh, behind yeah. the screen. Um, um, so what do you think of Hawkeye's transformation? So he goes over to Japan and he becomes pretty much an assassin over there. And they uh, turned Hawkeye into kind of like the Punisher. <laughs> which is yeah. uh, and it was a quick turn back as the suddenly he's a golden boy again with Black Widow when she brings him back. I'm like, wait. <laughs> yeah, and that is like, I mean, I mean, it makes total sense from the narrative sense of like, yeah, his family died, and right. that's pretty much what happened to the Punisher too. <laughs> and like, uh, but he's he's become a, a character that people can actually like now. I don't know. It's like that he's got a little, little bit more of an edge. Yeah. Uh, whereas the first iteration, the comic book of... Hawkeye is a hundred times better than, yeah, okay. the, than the movie Hawkeye. But I will from, say that. But from the first two Avengers movies, he was kind of like very, very boring. Not yeah, boring. No, I think he's boring. He was yeah. kind of like the beat beat. He was like a B team player. Yeah. Well, like, that's the whole thing. I mean, he's like, just a bow and arrow. And one of the issues with that <laughs> is in the comics, Hawkeye had the personality that Iron Man does in the movies. Oh, really? Oh. And so like they, they want to give it the yeah, Iron Man they instead. Yeah. Give him all that charisma. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. We also saw Captain Marvel, of course. Now, um, I, was, I was surprised. And why they have Macaulay Culkin um, play Captain Marvel this time? <laughs> oh, you're alluding. Are you alluding to the hairstyle? Yeah. Oh, oh wait. Oh, that, that wasn't Macaulay Culkin. That was Brie, that was Brie Larson. Oh no, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. I did not know that. Okay. <laughs> that was confusing then. It, it was true to the yeah. comic folks. True to the comic, yes. The movie, but at the same you're time, right. it changed Brie Larson's look, and I know that she was just acting a part, but. It looked more natural the way that she had it. Yeah. yeah. It looked so much better. But it was I'm five sure years that was her choice. It was five years later. Mm, so I guess yeah. they wanted to show And suddenly I guess being in outer space makes you want to shave your head. <laughs> it's like a Britney Spears moment or well, something. Well women women change their hair uh, every month. So I think I feel personally attacked. <laughs> well, you know, that's a good. Th- that's great. Keep it versatile. <laughs> but 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 five years later, you know, most women are gonna have a different hairstyle. It's just the way it is. Well, I, don't, I think. <laughs> Am I right or no? I mean, she did stuff in the movie, but I think. <laughs> I think her whole standalone movie and right. then coming to this, I think, was a waste. Mm-hmm. Oh, because wow, because okay. she didn't do much at all in this movie. She appeared, went bam, bam, bam a couple times. Yeah, she but disappeared she for half the movie. She had to go off to the other universe. It felt yeah. forced just to include her. Yeah. Um, like, mm-hmm. yeah, she brought in their ship and whoa. Right. And then, you know, but at the same time, that's literally how it, it felt to me. But at the same yeah. time, she popped in and out. So it was disconnected. Yeah. They, well, they she, was, she was very instrumental in Thanos' first kill in the mm-hmm. beginning of the movie, which... I was surprised to see uh, that happen right away, but of course they realized you can't bring everybody back that was affected by the snap by killing mm-hmm. off Thanos. So, um, yeah, he's not the Night King. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> and a good job to Josh Brolin, man. Wow, Josh. I mean, I mean, he's really killing it in Hollywood. Ridiculous, ridiculous. I mean, he's also he's also no Cable. Yeah. He was and Jonah Hex. That was okay. The Jonah ago, Hex. And that was a terrible brand from the Goonies. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, well, he's also battles. he's been in a lot and of like Coen Brothers <laughs> movies. He's yeah. uh, he's it's funny too. The recent stuff and like the old stuff and nothing in the middle. Right, <laughs> he's yeah. been a lot of stuff in the middle. Um, what about the rat that actually activated the um, Ant Man's um, uh, quantum <laughs> yeah. quantum leap uh, apparatus or whatever? What is it called? General quantum drive. Quantum no, drive. No, I don't know. Or, I don't okay. remember what it was called. So the, a lot of people the, was, the old van. <laughs> That's what it was. So ba- people were saying that the rat saved the universe. <laughs> because basically the rat crawling on that dashboard uh, allowed Ant-Man to return, and they wouldn't have learned about time travel if the ant if 
Ant-Man didn't escape from the quantum realm. Well, heroes come in all sizes Dang. and packages. That logic with all the rats I see running around DC are politics. <laughs> that should be repaired by now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. What uh, else? Uh, speaking of transformation, how funny was um, Thor's transformation? Let's talk about <laughs> Thor. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So Thor. The big Lothorsky. <laughs> <laughs> the big Lebowski Thorsky. It's funny because right. I have friends that say they now can accurately play right. Thor, uh, yeah. possibly as Thor, you know. <laughs> it does, it does game, you know? set up, like, uh, I guess, you know, now that James Gunn is doing um, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Which I rumored to be as Guardians of the Galaxy. So have you, you think, heard? Have you, you heard? You think Thor is going to be in it? I think so, I with mean, Asgardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. And if you saw the end of the Endgame, yeah. Thor actually said he wanted to be the what the captain of the ship, and then him yeah. and Peter Quill were arguing. Oh, that, was, whether, that was a funny argument. That was who's going to be captain? So <laughs> I, I'm banking on um, yes, I'm banking on Thor is going to be in the next Guardians movie, um, and that's going to be you know. Yeah, uh, and obviously this is interesting because now with the time travel, you mentioned Gamora earlier. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know who Star Lord is, Peter Quill. So that he, she's gonna have to relearn. Um, <laughs> you missed the first time, then you hit them both. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so she, she doesn't fall in love with him yet. This version, right. this iteration of Gamora. It was so funny. It's really confusing. It was so. funny. It's like all those all those fat jokes about Thor. Yeah. You damn well like Marvel or Disney would never do that with a uh, female character. Oh boy, here there we go. There would be no way. No, I'm serious. Like Double you would never... standard. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I can you imagine one of the characters, one of the women characters, are being fat on there and then making fun of her weight the whole time? Do you think there would be a lot of uh, people up in arms? Oh my god, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was funny with Thor. I don't care. Do you, do you agree, Tiffany? A godly dad bod. Yeah. No, I agree. Logically, yeah. I mean, rationally, he's right. But people that are going to react emotionally are going to go, "No, it's different when men do it." No, it's not. Not if we're doing it. If you're sitting in the theater calling Thor fat, even though I really doubt women were with his case. Other men, yeah. sure. But he had a godly dad bod. <laughs> it, was still, it was still godly. <laughs> but I actually agree. I think that if it were a female character, they'd be like, why'd she get fat? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. If it was a Captain Marvel, oh, no, there's no way. <laughs> she got a gut now. <laughs> um, so let's talk about Loki. So Loki, they, they go back in time to uh, get one of the, I don't know which stone it was, but, um, you know, things happened. It didn't go uh, according to plan. Uh, they dropped the briefcase containing the Tesseract, and Loki now takes the briefcase. So now is it possible uh, that Loki is alive now because we saw him die in Infinity War? Mm-hmm. Um, and now this series that he's going to do in Disney Plus is going to be, you know, Time ripples, it happens yeah. if you mess with time. Every well, science every science flicker story tells you that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, with that, I guess, because uh, that same thing could be said about with Gamora back, because that's also a time tr- uh, a time ripple yeah. where, like, you know, she should have went back to, I don't know, what was it, like 2013 or so when yeah. they, um, they brought her up. Yeah. And, um, yeah. It's but, always, it's always very uh, difficult um, when you're, 
doing time travel because you have there's just a lot of uh, details and things that you could screw up. <laughs> well, like there's right, like um, there's all kinds of things. Like you know, you think like all those movies where like people go back in time to change something. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm very offended by um, this movie saying that Back to the Future was fake. <laughs> oh, that, that made me course. angry in the theater. <laughs> yeah, I think Ant Man definitely stole a good portion of that movie. I just once he stepped on the screen, I couldn't stop laughing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean. What genius, um, you know, Disney and, um, you know, buying buying Marvel for $4 billion and turning it into this. Like, I mean, 22 Damn movies right. later and making the movies Ooh. in a way where they're all connected and making it in a way that people have to see every single one, which is crazy. I mean, yeah. okay, I thought Captain Marvel, very mediocre movie, and I thought that um, Shazam was a much better movie. Yes. But Captain Marvel, like, killed it, you know, w- with money. You yeah. know, in movie, movie sales. Only because this is all in the line of a Marvel, you know. So it in doesn't fact, matter which one's a better movie. In fact, you obviously, Avengers Endgame number one, Captain America number two, because people are going back to theaters to watch Captain America first before watching right. Avengers. Yeah. So that was the case. Um, so Disney's is smart. I mean, they're making a killing on this. You know that story about? I mean, it's mm-hmm. been it's been all around about mm-hmm. how Sony had the chance to when they when they got the Spider-Man rights. Marvel was like pretty much uh, near bankruptcy, and um, they offered to Sony their entire catalog of characters, and uh, Sony was like, "Nah, we only care about Spider-Man," <laughs> and they offered it for twenty-five million dollars. What really? Yeah. Wow. And, and only uh, one. So yeah. Wow. Well, how did Imagine that, how the world would have changed. If well, that how did Disney happened. get it for um, four billion then? Well, because Disney bought it after Marvel Studios was was successful, because they okay after they made okay so this was before the Spider Man movies and stuff yeah okay, this okay, is I this see. is like in the late nineties when Marvel oh, was okay. close to being okay. insolvent wow okay wow um something different for End Games that there were well, no, go America yeah <laughs> <laughs> there are no end credit scenes there are no uh, post credit scenes mid credit scenes no. um which is a departure from what we're used to seeing because I guess. They're, uh, yeah, just leaving it up to the audience of what's next, although they did allude to um, who would be the next Captain America, and that would be uh, Falcon. Yeah. Right. yeah. As uh, Old Man Cap passed on the shield to um, Falcon, which I would consider something that could have been in a post credit scene, right? I have. That scene? If I may, mm-hmm. um, I have another question. So they yeah. named Tony Stark's daughter after... Um, a cousin, actually, Morgan, in the comic books that had a feud with Tony throughout, like wanting the the, the heir and such and wanting to continue, but kind of greed kind of um, yeah. relationship between them off and on. So I wonder, though, if there were a future for Tony Stark's student, uh, daughter, would she become Rin Williams, who That's was kind of question. Ironheart, who kind of carried yeah. the legacy as well and carried the, the iron suit for a while? I think she's going to be the future of the franchise. I think she. Re- you think really they're going to they're going to bring that back? Because they're not. It's not going to be Harley, uh, whatever his last name is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're going to cast a um, an Iron Man for a long, long, long time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they'd they, have to jump I mean, ahead no, in the future. By you know, a lot. you know what'll happen is, yeah. I mean, Marvel's. Uh, I mean, I hope it never happens, but eventually, mm-hmm. Marvel streak is going to start to. To tarnish, really, it's going to happen. It yeah. Really, it's not surprised. We think it'll go on forever. No, yeah, it's it's eventually going to happen. It's the trend it, right now. It, Everybody gets it. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's uh, it happens to every huge franchise. Yeah. And then like I don't like know, The Walking Dead. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how long in the future that is. That could be like 2050, for all I know, when that happens. Okay. But, uh, We're talking a long time. It won't be that, it won't be that late. <laughs> so uh, Rotten Tomatoes scores are currently 95% critics and 91, wow. 91% audiences. So people are loving it. Um, it made $1.2 billion uh, globally so far. I think that number is increasing. Um, and apparently the highest is still Avatar at 2.7. Which is still crazy. I don't know. Why did Avatar um, make so much money? I agree. I actually However, didn't think it was that great. That is, that is really weird because I barely better. remember yeah. that yeah. movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's yeah. uh, I, I can't, I can't tell you any character. major plot name, points in that movie at all. one character from Avatar. That's true, right. We like, um, that one Marine uh, dude was in the, a wheelchair. Right, exactly. <laughs> there, <laughs> see what I mean? There's the uh, pterodactyls. Weird aliens that do hair and orgy sex stuff. This whole top movie thing now is, is, is screwed up because well, it's also because inflation. each ticket each yeah. ticket's more expensive you're like, now. yeah and you're like so, by what standard like yeah. who is judging who, which is best so here are the yeah, top movies so okay. far so um avengers endgame still has a lot of time to catch up so currently there's only four, that win. there's only four movies that have crossed the two billion dollar mark in sales avatar as we mentioned 2.7 Titanic 2.18 billion, which that was a you know cultural icon, mm-hmm. that movie. So yeah, that, at least should... I remember the plot. Yeah, that exactly. Movie. Star Wars: The Force Awakens. No surprise there because it's the first major Star Wars movie since the prequel. Yeah, but but, it, but see that's wrong too. There's no reason that should be ahead of any of the other Star two Wars point, movies. Well, 2.06. Yeah, that's bullshit. And <laughs> Avengers: Infinity War 2.04. So. It's still in the game. I think Endgame has a lot of time to catch up. Yeah. And, uh, but I mean, if you look at the, you know, the, with inflation and stuff, then Gone with the Wind is still the number one movie. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's that kind of stuff that, like. Yeah, if you want to factor that Is there a way to get the stats for ticket sales counts, like counts of tickets sold? That might be a little more accurate because it, it doesn't factor in the price of tickets during that time, right? Yeah. But that's, or, not, yeah. that's not any accurate either because you got to figure out how many, um, you know, how many theaters now are like 20 screens. When back in the day, there'd be like theaters with like two screens. Well, so, that's true, yeah. but you'd still like, uh, I mean, that's a more indicative as to how many people watch right. the movie. And yeah. that's what I was going to say. We're not counting people that get special deals or have free tickets to those screenings. Cause my friend had a couple of those or any, right. of, like if you count by seat, maybe. But even then, there's no way to record it accurately. Yeah, I think it's tough. So that's why all the movies I mentioned have been mm-hmm. fairly, you know, within the last decade or so, so... Um, so you mentioned um, salaries for some of these actors in mm-hmm. Endgame. So this is insane. Uh, Chris Hemsworth brings in about between 15 and 20 million for playing Thor, which is crazy. Um, uh, Chris Evans, I believe, um, is also assigned for the same amount as well. Um, Scarlett Johansson. Um, She'll actually be in the next, um, you know, solo movie for Black Widow, which will put her in the twenty million dollar range. Um, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, took home seventy five million for Infinity War. Wow. Fifteen million for just three days on Homecoming. Jeez. And uh, I guess they didn't release his because it's still, I guess he's still earning money from. <laughs> Endgame. Good for him. How can he get that money and not do drugs? I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, way to go, man! That's, that's if, good for him. If Charlie Sheen was in that role, he'd be dead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't and, picture the hookers that. and cocaine. Yeah, he'd be dead after the first Iron Man. Right. 
Um, but Allegedly. I think, is there anything else on um, on the Avengers side, or should we move on to a couple of other movie things? Oh, we got comments? We got a few minutes here before. Yeah. Uh, oh, but like, yeah, but I thought it was, I thought it was really good. I liked Infinity War still better. You liked Infinity War better. Yeah, okay. It was more action. It was better battles. TMF. Uh, what, what what would you think? My girl died, and I still liked Endgame more. Now I'm like, I'm getting. End, mm, Endgame is the top. Is that the top of the I'm list about for to get you? Teary eyed. It was really tough. It's like, tough, right? They're both fantastic. I related to her growing up so much and then knowing some things that she went through and then just how she was not only a superhero strong female character. She right. was human. Now, she was operated on and turned into a weapon in certain points, but she was human. She was something that Stan Lee gave people to relate to, to think, I can do anything too. And she mm-hmm. actively was the one that tried to keep the Avengers together because... They made her more relatable in her saying, this is all I got. This is my family. And I, I just, I respected her character so much and I felt she was underrated. And even she thought she was unrated. She was uh, underrated. She was uh, talking to Joss Whedon during filming and she goes, but what do I have? I just have guns. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> but you're Black Widow. <laughs> right? Yeah. But I did love Infinity War. I have that version of Scarlet Witch too, but I'm glad they did not change her. Yeah. For a good reason, but... And I, I really thought she could have played more of a part, but at the same time, I really liked Endgame. Infinity yeah. War, second, but I really liked Endgame. Yeah, Endgame. Infinity War, I mean, it was great. Yeah. Infinity yeah, War was fantastic, yeah. but yeah, I mean, Endgame had the, I mean, that was the single greatest superhero uh, fight scene I have ever seen With on the third screen. act, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. still sad Jarvis couldn't come back, and I will always call him Jarvis. I know that wasn't his <laughs> name anymore, but that was also one of my biggest yeah. all-time favorite. I, oh, I was secretly really hoping that one of those portals would open up, and you'd either see like Daredevil oh, and Iron Fist and Oh Cage, snap! Yeah. Or uh, see like you know, I mean, maybe just like a hint of like some mutants the, of the mutants or the Fantastic well, Four. But that's what would have been yeah. would have been a great Easter egg. Yeah, just, just like, like just like the second. thing's hand coming out. Yeah. And like, hey, we're all steer here, guys. Right. <laughs> yeah. But we did. Um, we, so we, we did, did see the um, okay. probably the last appearance of Stanley though in a Marvel movie. Oh yes, we did. We, we should live mention action. That. Yes. And he was, if I recall, he was in the scene um, in the car when they went back to the 70s, 70s right? Yeah. For, yeah. And uh, he yelled out, like, make love, not war. Yes. And it looked like oh, the old man. Stan Lee with the hair and stuff. I'm not sure if we'll have one in Homecoming, but I think, yeah, you're right. That That's is what I heard. Thing. I heard it was the last one. I mean, it's I hope the last they one? Okay. have some kind of, like, you know, picture of him in the background. Yeah, I think that's what, they, that's what they did in a lot of the movies where they didn't actually have him, but they had, like, like a... Um, like Spider-verse, into the Spider Verse. Yeah, yeah, and that was also the case in well, the cartoon, um, though. Okay. all of the all of the Defenders, <laughs> yeah. the shows, the um, the Netflix shows. Yeah. yeah, they they prominently had a poster where he was like a um, he was like a police captain or so something. He'll always be a part. <laughs> they should have him a part yeah. of everyone like yeah. forever. I was amazed him. by how young they made him look, and I thought about yeah. this concept that I was going to write about, mm-hmm. but I haven't gotten it to to it yet because throughout the Iron Man movies um, and the other Avengers movies, they even made. Robert Downey Jr. looks so young. Does that mean that with advances we're going exactly? If a talent, if an actor is that talented, will ageism slowly become no longer a factor? Because that would be amazing. That's a good idea. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, because now you can't have a certain budget though. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, not all movies have a Marvel budget, but right. you keep the actor yeah. with the talent, but at the same time, you can edit them to any 
timeline of them yeah. themselves in any Michael age Douglas. of Well, that's, uh, that'll go yeah. in a completely uh, other direction. I mean, eventually, yeah. a lot of the act, you won't need actors because mm. yeah. it'll yeah. be <laughs> like uh, yeah, you'll have people in green suits. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could take you take people from like all their movies, take their audio, uh, mm. you know. Yeah. What they said, yeah. you know, use computer animation, make them look real, and like they'll be well, able to do it. Right, here we go. Yeah, are. so that's end game talk. Let's move on to our first special guest of the evening. All right. All right, guys, we are excited here tonight. We have one of the rising stars of the Cobra Kai series. Yes. Um, you know, you might know her as um, Daniel LaRusso's daughter, Sam LaRusso, in the, in the, the current Karate Kid series, I mean, the Karate Kid sequel series. Which I think is one of my favorite things, and I watched all um, ten episodes wow. in 24 hours when it was launched last week. We got Mary Mouser. Mary, how you doing? Hi, I'm good. Just you know, I uh, I also did the uh, the all night binge of watching uh, the the second season as soon as it came out. I refused to watch anything with a watermark, so I watched it live with everybody else. Oh, cool. So you probably get the episodes way ahead of everyone else, but you decided to wait for the non watermark version. Yes, I did. Awesome. <laughs> now, is it hard being an, an actor, like watching yourself on TV? I know some actors will just avoid, you know, you know, all their performances because it's hard to like. They're very critical of their own acting and you know, in their own scenes. How, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, I feel like there are different points in my life. It's been different. Like when I was a kid, I had no idea really. I was like, oh, it's boring to watch a whole crime drama. I mean, I said like three things in it. Um, and then when I got a little older, it was more of the like teenage, like, ew, is that what I sound like? Is that what I look like? Oh my God, I'm like cringing. And then like, now I'm at a point though, where I feel like I'm, a good, I'm in a good place. And then also with Cobra Kai, it's like, I only get to see kind of half of the show as we're shooting it. I don't ever get to like, very rarely get to cross lines with the Cobra right. Kai side. So for me, it was almost like watching half of it was like a whole new show. So I, I was invested in every part. That's great. That's great. So how did you get um, picked to be on the show? Um, I did my initial audition, and uh, I came out of it being like, oh, okay, I think that went well, you know. And But, of course, you know, you, you think a lot of them go well, and then they go nowhere. So I wasn't, you know, crossing my fingers. And I was like, yeah, I think it went well, and hopefully, you know, we'll see. But, you know, I wasn't put, placing any bets, and then... Um, my boyfriend kept trying to get me to watch The Karate Kid, the original movie. Well, you should. And I was like, well, not until, you know, give me like a few more days. And when I find out, I didn't get a call back. You can watch it then. And then I ended up getting a call back. And then I even got to go to the screen test level. And yes. then after finding out that I booked it, I went back for a final read with, um, I think they were down to two Miguels. And so I, I oh, had wow. quite a few auditions. Oh, wow. So were you in competition with anybody that we may know that was, um, like a finalist for the role of Sam? There were like two other Samanthas in the waiting room, but neither of them were people that I know. Okay. I mean, I think I was kind of like, I I, uh, I I tried, like when I was little, I feel like I went up against the same girls over and over again. So it was like, we all knew each other like by name. We were all like, oh, hey, how's it going? And like, now <laughs> I feel like I'm in an age where like, it's less like that. Like I'm, I'm seeing more people. I'm like, oh, yeah. I haven't seen this girl before. And I wonder what she's up to, that kind of thing. Do you think they actually also considered Ralph Macho's look uh, for the daughter as well? Definitely. The other two girls were also brunette. Um, they were also, I think one of the girls was had like shoulder length hair and the other one was like a lot taller than me. So they, okay. we had all different versions, I guess, of the of the Samantha. But um, And then of course you never know, you know, when people go in there, what kind of Samantha they're portraying. But I was lucky enough to be chosen. 
Awesome. So after watching the movie, because you said you never saw it until you auditioned, what was your opinion of the original Karate, mo- Karate Kid movie? I was completely obsessed. I mean, of course, there's a super cool factor. By the time I did watch it, um, my boyfriend was sitting there the whole time going, oh, my God, that's your dad. Like, that's your dad. That's your dad. That's so cool. That's your, that's your grandma. That's your dad. Like, the whole time. So that uh, definitely added layers to it. But I was, like, instantly obsessed. And I've watched the whole, all, I guess, the Karate Kid saga, like, five times since then. Oh, yeah. You skipped the, um, the Jaden Smith version, though, right? I, I have, I have. Yeah, that, was a, that, that was a fake one. You didn't need to watch that I one. <laughs> Ralph Macchio's daughter to watch a different Karate Kid. It's hard. I feel a little bit like I'm, uh, I'm being a bit of a traitor. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, Cobra Kai, okay, this had every, um, I mean, this this could have definitely have gone horribly wrong. Like when I, heard, I first heard it, I'm like, there's no way this can be good because they're going to screw it up. Because there's so many different series that when they come out like 20 years later, 30 years later, and they try to do a sequel or a spinoff or a remake, like they always screw it up. I like look at the current, um, the recent Ghostbusters movie. Like no one wanted to see that. Everybody, um, or most people hated it. But this went a whole different direction. Yeah. This actually provided like layers and and depth and more background to the original Kid movie, and, and then respect. brought in and respect. respect. Yeah, yeah, like the creators of this um, series had, did a phenomenal job, and I I watched um, season one probably like seven times. Jesus, and I'm on Oof. I'm on the second viewing of season two, and I just I I, I love it. You saw Mary a That's bunch awesome. of times. So. I, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I appreciate that very much. I definitely feel like we were lucky enough. Like you said, the creators did a great job with it, and I think that's because they're all like massive Karate Kid fans. Yes. Like they what, what you know need. this thing back to front. They pull out these like insane quotes. There was actually a scene in season two, um, I think it's in episode one, where Samantha's doing a kata and uh, Daniel walks in and they have a little like heart-to-heart moment. And he talks about, you know, his first relationship. He talks about Allie. Um, after that, he talks about Judy and he talks about Allie. And, and we're doing the scene and like, you know, of course, you're like, and this is like emotional place and having this whole scene. And then in pops um, Hayden, one of our creator producers, and he pops in his head and he's like, hey, say she buries Judy. And it like went completely over my head and I was like, okay. And then, and they didn't end up using it, but I thought it was so funny. And I was like, (laughs) what the heck was that? Like, that's such a random thing, like way of phrasing that term, but sure. And uh, my boyfriend was like, no, like that's in the original Karate Kid movie. You don't remember? They're sitting at the diner and she's like, oh, mom, she buries Judy. Like, I was like, that is crazy. (laughs) They pull out these like incredible quotes just because they have such a a passion and and, uh, respect for it. I feel like definitely comes across in the viewing here's the kind of detail they have in the series and like i watched um season one again before i watched season two and then wow. i watched the original karate kid movie and i noticed for some reason ah! yeah for some reason i noticed, super fan here yeah for some reason i noticed on the one scene when um in the karate kid when daniel had a black guy um at, at breakfast he's wearing sunglasses like there was a minute made yes. orange juice um, container on the table and i remember i saw the old logo and it just like you know caught my eye for some reason and then watching season two, there was a reference to that Minute Maid orange juice where Daniel's uh, mom oh, said, man, yes. she, yeah, she was like, um, say that, oh, I have the, uh, your orange juice, you like um, the Minute Maid. I know you don't like the expensive stuff or whatever. And it was such like a little oh, small God. reference that nobody else could, would ever get. But but the creators are genius for putting that in there. Yes, totally. And there's, I think, another reference <laughs> to that same scene where he says, you know, when he's at the beach club in season two and he says, you know, like, oh, you know, back in my day, like, our parents knew something was wrong and we came home with a black eye. Oh, yeah. And I was like, yeah. hey, like, that's a little sneaky. <laughs> like, I love it. 
But you're working with great actors in, on this um, yeah. on this series. I mean, of course, we're going to start by talking about the original actors, Ralph Macchio, um, Billy Zabka, and then um, Martin Cove. Was three great actors. We um, interviewed a lot of them in the past and met them at different Comic Cons. And just all three, like, such nice guys. Um, this weekend, there was yeah. a, um, a reunion of uh, Cobra Kai originals. In uh, Washington, D.C. In D.C. And at Awesome Con. So, yeah. yeah. So we actually got to talk oh, to Martin yeah. Cove. So this is kind of like a Cobra Kai-themed episode here of Below the Belt yeah. Show. <laughs> That's awesome. No, so, there's seriously, like, I feel so lucky to be working with people who are, yeah. like, so incredibly talented and then just be such nice people. Like, they're genuinely kind, cool, nice people that you like I just I look forward to going to work every day to see what I can learn and see what I can take in and then to just be a part of the experience and they just totally welcomed this whole new generation with like open arms which I think is so cool and and also I feel like plays into how well you can you know take something and make it new with just so much to do with their open arm policy Oh, that's great. Right. Tell us about some just personal experiences uh, with Ralph on set, uh, playing your dad. Did you have that father-daughter connection, or was it more like buddies on set? Oh, no, definitely father-daughter. He literally, he's, he, every time that we'd be out there, so we film in Georgia, and it's freezing cold um, while we're filming these scenes that are supposed to be summer. He's over there, like, passing me hand warmers. He's like, where's the coat? We need somebody to get the coat. Where's Aww. the coat? And he's, he's like, so on dad's head the whole time. I love it. I joke about it all the time his actual daughter is only a couple years couple years older than i am and oh, okay. um from the back i feel like we're like pretty much identical she looks exactly like her daughter. i think it's so funny she's like i mean she's gorgeous she i feel like has all of that like you could totally tell that she's her, her uh his son his daughter wow i can't speak english right now <laughs> but, <laughs> um but, Interesting. but we are like the exact same height and we joke about being a sisters from the same mister. You could be. You could be. What about uh, Courtney as your mom? How do you like working with Courtney? Courtney's incredible. I seriously, I am so, don't tell anyone else on the whole cast and crew, I'm so team Courtney. I think she's so funny and she's just like, she's this incredibly like warm, cool, fun, like she's, she embodies to me like the cool girl you wanted to hang out with, but she's just so down to earth and kind and, and adorable and I love her and her character, I feel like embodies all that. She's had me always just completely in stitches over her little, like, snappiest eyes. Oh, yeah, the way she, um, you know, looks at Daniel sometimes, it's kind of like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's just hilarious. <laughs> totally. I love it. I love that she's, like, I've heard her representative of the, being representative of, of Bianchi and, like, you know, being Daniel's compass, his moral, like, check-in, who just, yeah. like, checks in every once in a while. I was like, hey, you're being a little... You're all over the place. You're not being balanced. You're being crazy. You're focusing about whatever it is. And I like the way she does that, but with sarcasm. I love it. Now, what's smart about the series is like some of the other series would have took like the original guys and had them do cameos and had it be all about like the new um, kids or whatever. But this one, I think, was a great balance between the original people and then really building up the, the new um, fresh faces. Yeah, like I think it's great. And mm-hmm. you have a great, a tremendous cast of, of young, talented actors. Yes. Working with, um, I feel very lucky yeah, to be um, them as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have a little love triangle with uh, Miguel, yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and John, Robbie, and, and Robbie, Johnny's, yes. Johnny's son. Uh, how do you like yes. working with those three? Those two, sorry. What's they... the, three? <laughs> the three of us. Are you're a busy yes. girl. Hey, working with, working <laughs> with yourself. <laughs> the, uh, well, the season one, you had another guy, both. the Asian guy, right? Yeah. So you <laughs> yes, is three. Yes, season yeah. one, we had Tyler as well. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but he was, but he was a jerk though. <laughs> totally she was, acceptable for she you. She was really, ba- she's way oh too good God. for him. 
<laughs> I feel very, very lucky. I mean, again, I keep saying it, but, like, I genuinely mean it. I feel very lucky. Like, both of them are just, they're awesome at what they do. They're awesome actors. They're awesome people. Like, I, I mean, I think we all hung out, like, basically nonstop seasons one and two, especially two because I got to train with the guys this season. So, I mean, all of us, it was just, like, a very, like, it was summer camp mentality. Like, we all go there, and it's like, you know, we all just hang out with each other. We're genuinely, like, a it's a it's a really cool group to be a part of. It's I I, I obviously can't choose between Miguel and Robbie, um, nor between uh, Tanner and and Sholo, But I definitely feel like I I got very lucky with my all of my scene partners. Well, who's who's more your type in your personal life? You had to <laughs> you had to choose to date one of them. Uh, <laughs> oh, there it is. Well, you brought your boys up a lot, but yeah. <laughs> let's see if you can answer. Yeah, this. If you're yeah. if you're a single. Um, let me see. I think uh, I would have. to. I, if I were going to date anyone from the show, I yeah. don't know. I think I'd have to like be a dude and date Moon. I think she's so oh, cool. Moon. <laughs> We've had Moon on the show, I mean, actually. Her style is awesome. And like her moment with Hawk this season, I was like, you go, girl. Well, in season two, you, you see, saw that Moon could swing that way, so you oh. might have a chance. No, that's Spoiler. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't these days, though? Oh, yes, Tiff. There you go, Tiff. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So many great young characters. I mean, I mean, I think Hawk is a phenomenal character. It's great to see his transformation um, from season one, um, you know, beginning of season one till, you know, the end, and, and now season two. I, I think no, he's one totally, of the funniest characters. Definitely. And let's talk about. Um, I, I love Hawk and the evolution of the Mohawk itself. It's fascinating. Oh, definitely, definitely. And uh, someone we got to interview at the New York Comic Con a few years ago, Peyton List, uh, joined the cast yes. for season yes. two. How do you like working with Peyton? She's awesome. Seriously, she, like, it was so fun this season to get to be a little mean, like, in my, in Samantha's own way, get to, like, you know, really toughen up and be like, I'm not going to take this, you know, and, and stand up for herself. But it was so hard to be angry at Peyton because they would, like, we'd fight each other in these, like, vicious things. And then, like, then they call cut and she'd be like, are you okay? Did I actually, did I, did I hurt you? And it was like, it, she was super <laughs> awesome to work with. I thought her Tori was just, like, so cool, like, I've watched it with my family, and I've watched it with my boyfriend. So I've also watched season two a few times now. And, oh, and wow. in watching it, all these things she does, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. And, oh, like, I really love the way she said that. And I love, like, this, it's, which is hard because, again, I'm supposed to not like her. <laughs> <laughs> so you did something on um, I'm Not As Caught Up As Chachi As. I watched the uh, uh, first episode of season two. And uh, you actually blocked um, Miguel on Instagram, and I... You know, I could, I could feel the pain because I, I've been blocked before. <laughs> I'm not too proud to admit. Um, I was blocked by Jessica Negri, so <laughs> there yeah, you go. me too. <laughs> so so uh, is, that, <laughs> is, that, is that a part of something you've done uh, in your personal life? Have you ever blocked somebody on social media? Oh, I definitely. I, I use the block feature. I'm like, you know what? Like, I am a, I, I try my best to be a very nice, very forgiving person. But there are certain things where just it just flips on my petty switch, and <laughs> I get real petty. I'm like, I won't be outwardly mean to them, but privately, passively, I will be like, you know what? They don't deserve to see the third selfie of me and my dog. So block. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny on the show that you you really see the. Um the difference between how the kids use technology and then how like Johnny uses technology because he's like so illiterate when it comes to like He's cell phone. Yeah, yeah. And like you actually see him on this Send season. It to the internet. 
Yeah, the first time using the internet, you see him on this <laughs> show. And of course, he looks up Hot Babes and looks up Wet T-Shirt Contest. I'm sure he's looking at porn. That's why I was No, so well, Hot Babes, Wet T-Shirt Contest, right. all he knows about. <laughs> but so he finally, finally, he finally finds out he about it. He finally finds the internet. Yeah, he'll never, season. Room, he'll never room, leave his room again. <laughs> I totally love that. I think it's so funny that like now like social media is something that like makes you cool. You know, like social media, like you can have like a social media presence and be cool. Yeah. And then like that moment where he's when he's like, you know, you sold me a lemon or whatever. And the guy's like, haven't you ever like had a before and he's like, no, I'm not a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> like, Ouch. Of culture. <laughs> so, um, how much um, martial arts, if any, background um, did you have before filming this? And then, how how's training how's training been for these two seasons? Okay. It was for season one. I didn't get really to to get into the majority of the training. We kind of trained some a couple of specific stunts, and then I we performed those specific stunts. Right. Um. I, for season two, I had no background, none. Wow. None whatsoever. I mean, like, I have openly admitted this. I skipped PE. I got a doctor's note out of it. I did not work out. Wow. But this season, I was like, they kind of, end of last season, all of last year, basically, I was like, hey, can Samantha do karate? When does Samantha get to do karate? Hey, excuse me, can Samantha do karate? And they finally were like, just hold on, hold your horses. And then by the end of the season, they were like, get ready. And so I knew to get ready. So I actually got myself into some Muay Thai and kickboxing classes. That is to like awesome. Learn the foundation, learn, you know, not necessarily karate stance, but learn how to hold my ground, learn how to throw kicks, do all this stuff. And I fell completely in love with it. I oh, started awesome. out being like, okay, I'll force myself to go like twice a week. And I was going like five days a week. I like was obsessed. And, um, and I was training with my boyfriend who is, six foot tall and so my goal was like reaching like kicking his head height and I was able to do it like I I really threw myself into it and I was super super passionate about it passionate about bringing that aspect to Samantha and then I got my month of official training and it was me Jacob Sholo and Tanner from the four of us just like all of our completely different styles uh all coming together and fighting each other and that was was also just like super fun and that is rad I don't know I'm, I'm completely obsessed with it now and now I like I, I hope to one day be able to uh, to reach Samantha's level of skill. That's and amazing. Tiffany has a question. Yeah. yeah. Actually, um, I've studied four uh, forms of mixed martial arts, and my father was yes. a Green Beret, so um, yeah. his his way of centering himself after, um, again, going through such an experience as a Green Beret was martial arts as well. And I have to ask you, because my biggest thing, do you think that is the most one of the most empowering things a woman can do? Oh, totally. I mean, the idea, like, I don't know if genuinely right at the stage I am right now that I could actually take someone on the street. But <laughs> knowing that I have that, like, confidence in myself, like, it genuinely changed who I was as a person. I was talking to, to somebody the other day about this. I was saying that, you know, like, I really feel like I've learned so much about myself through this process and through, like, not just figuring out how to work out and how to eat better and how to do these things, but specifically martial arts related, like, feeling like, just that I, I feel so much more inner strength and, and peace even that comes with like the exhaustion of draining myself, throwing kicks and punches and doing all this stuff. And then afterwards, it's just that like euphoria and like how, how incredible that made me feel. And, and the person was saying that they were like, you know, they say like it's not just about, you know, the goal, it's about the journey. But like beyond that, it's about like the person you become on the way. And I felt like in those couple of months that I really didn't expect I expected maybe I'll, I'll get a little better at martial arts specifically, hopefully. That's my goal. But what I actually, like, discovered was that it makes me feel so good about myself. It makes me feel so strong, even if I'm not 
landing everything correctly. Even if every punch I throw, I'm getting a note. Like, I definitely feel like it's something that I am very excited to continue pursuing. And anyone who asks my opinion, I will definitely, I will, I will shove it to them. I'll be like, yeah. you know, <laughs> take a class because it totally changed me. So I'm looking at your IMDb, Mary. Wow, you have a large body of work. You, you started, obviously, clearly very young uh, as a child actress. Um, I think that's amazing. Um, so how has your journey been from being a child actress to a, a young adult? And uh, I, I'm assuming you had, during that time as a child, parents kind of got you in the business? I actually, we, we kind of, I was five years old. It was uh, just after my fifth birthday. And we're going to visit a family friend in Pennsylvania, my mom's best friend. And she was like, oh, we've gotten our son into acting. You guys should definitely come and give it a try. And so I, we, we did. My mom was like, do you guys want to go audition for something? We were like, yeah, sure. We don't know what it means, of course. Um, <laughs> and then I was the one who just like out of, my, out of my two siblings and me, I fell completely in love with it. I was obsessed. I um, begged my parents to let me keep doing it, and Aww. they were nice enough, and I think that they expected me to grow out of it, and they were nice enough to keep letting me do it, and then uh, here I am today. Definitely did not grow out of it. I, I feel like as a quote-unquote child actor, I don't know that I was ever, like, I never felt that what I see in movies, the way it's portrayed being a child actor, that sense of, like, not being a real kid, that sense of, you know, being forced to be an adult and all this stuff. Like, there's definitely a responsibility aspect. Like, you're at six years old, you somebody else's job depends on you. Everybody from lighting department, everybody who set up the set dressing, like, all these people have done their jobs. Now it's your job to come in and, and say the line and so that everybody can keep their jobs going. And so there's a responsibility aspect, but it was always so fun to me, and it's something I love so much and I'm so passionate about, and, like, I can't even remember a day that I didn't go to set and, like, ask somebody from the camera department, like, how does this work and why do we call it that? And I feel like I've always just been so into it that, for me, it's always felt like like every step that I reach where I feel a little bit, a little more grown up or I reach a new kind of character I can play or a different kind of way I can stretch myself and, and stuff like that. Like, I, I, I love it so much. I'm very, very passionate about it, and I feel very lucky to have found something at such a young age that I am so mm. passionate about. That is awesome. You've continued to do a lot of television uh, shows. Besides Cobra Kai, what was your favorite television experience? I've seen Scandal. I've seen CSI, The Fosters, Criminal Minds, Body of Proof. I mean, wow, look at all these shows you've been on. I've seen all of those. <laughs> I, I feel like I, oh, man. Oh, um, I was a like, diehard Criminal Minds fan before I went on that, so that was a super cool like fangirl experience. Um Body of Proof was a show I was on for three years, and that was just, like, the most, like, incredible family experience. Like, I I, re I went from age 12 to kind of, like, I think, like, 15-ish when we finished, and, and so that kind of, like, progression of my life was yeah. such a part of, of growing up on that set was, like, you know, those formative years of, like, feeling so awkward, and, like, at the same time, like, you know, I don't know, just all the cool stuff, but... Wow, yeah, I, I remember that. Wine, That's um, amazing. I filmed a... a show in South Africa for a year called Life is Wild. Oh, that's pretty cool. And I think at the end of the day, living in South Africa for a year with my whole family of five, like, it was the most, like, incredible life-changing experience that, that I could, you know, never, ever pick anything but that. <laughs> and your siblings are also in, into acting as well, I'm reading, yeah? Yes, uh, they, they, both, they both have been in their phases. Now, as we've gotten a little older, um, I'm still, you know, acting as my main passion, and 
for my sister, it's now it became musical theater, and and she's really passionate about music in general. So she's been in show choirs, and now she's in a choral choir at her college, and like she's she's uh, really into music now. And my brother is more on the production side. He learns everything he can about cameras, and he's producing his own short films and things like that. So he's he's kind of we've all splintered off into different divisions. Wow, and um. Have you done any of the um, Comic Cons, different conventions? I mean, we always we always see Ralph Macchio and Billy Zafka and stuff there, but I haven't seen any of the um, younger cast yet at these yeah, conventions. Yeah, surprised. We we haven't gotten to yet. I'm I'm dying to. I think uh, Sholo and Jacob got to do WonderCon this year. Okay. Um, I think In it's Anaheim, you know yeah. as yes, yeah. I feel like you know just this year is kind of the first year that at least my character is getting to kind of show her stuff when it comes to the the karate aspect. So I'm oh, hoping yeah. maybe in the future I'll get to do those experiences because. I, like, love meeting fans of the show. I geek out as hard as they do. I freak out. I think Aww. it's so cool. So That's I would great. love that whole experience. Yeah, the, um, the great part of the, about this um, season is we got to, we get to see the return to Mr. Miyagi's house, which was actually recreated for um, season two to... Um, Look almost identical to yeah. how it looked in the original. It really Friday did. Kid. It really did. And but except for one addition, they had like a koi pod now um, in season two that wasn't there in the original Karate Kid. They said like Mr. Miyagi built it before he died. How was it doing your training scenes and fighting scenes on the koi pond? That was. I mean, that was something I think I was most excited for everybody to see. When we actually filmed the the majority of our balance board training in episode two. Um, Hurricane Michael was blowing through, oh. and so we were outside in Georgia. There was a hurricane blowing through, so you, there's rain. You can't tell because we're already soaking wet anyway. But there's rain coming down. We were it was like freezing cold. They had us in wetsuits, but what we didn't realize was they had to cut the wetsuits down to like make them hide under our tank tops and stuff like that. And what we didn't realize <laughs> was if you just jump in in a wetsuit and it's not fully protected. The cold water just gets trapped inside. Oh. Next to your <laughs> so it was it was an experience, but that was by far like Tanner and I trained that specifically. Like we trained that kata as much as we possibly could. We were doing it every minute of every day. A lot of our training was spent on that for a couple of weeks leading up to it. So we were really really excited. Um, obviously, you don't get to see as much of the perfected version of the balance board because we're still in training in episode two. But uh, Tanner and I got it down pretty well. That whole experience was just so cool. The the, the board itself had all kinds of, like, just really cool, um, like, the way that it moved and the way that it, all that stuff. Like, it was it was an experience unlike anything I've ever had. And I definitely, like, that was by far one of the things I was most excited for people to see. So was the board actually, was it actually, like, a balance? Or was it, like, just gimmicked underneath it to, like... <laughs> It was, it was actually, it was built on a gimbal. Um, okay. It was built on uh, a machine that moved it. There was room for it to move itself as well. Okay. So, a lot, like, uh, the tipping and moving, it was genuine, but the big movements were controlled by the board, obviously, for safety reasons. That pool, that, like, the pond itself, I think was a, only about hip height in depth. Okay. So, or maybe a little above that. So, in order for us to fall into it, and in order for us to fall off the board, things like that, it had to be safe um, and somewhat stable. But, uh, but yeah, no, a lot of the, the movement was was genuine as well, which was really fun to play with. Oh, awesome, awesome. awesome. And then, and then the final episode, I won't ruin it for people who haven't gotten yes, it yet. like but, me. But one of the best fight scenes I've seen um, so far, definitely the best fight scene of the series. Happens. Oh, I cannot and Mary wait. is definitely front and center in this um, final okay. fr- um, fight scene. But any any word on 
Any word yet on season three? Has it been greenlit? Have you begun, begun enough filming yet? Probably too early for that, but... I mean, yeah, we're definitely, I think we, we are just basking in the post-season two right now. I feel like I'm a, always the last to know everything, but that's usually because I'm just kind of like living in my own world right now, just enjoying the, <laughs> enjoying the excitement of hearing everybody, and then somebody's going to be like, yeah, no, we leave tomorrow. I'll be like, what? Um, but no, I, uh, you know, I, we're all just fingers crossed and, and hoping for the best, and I think, yes. you know, if, if the fans have anything to say about it, and, and me being one of those people, because I'm a huge fan of oh, just yes. the show in general, like... I'm hoping so, you know? All right. Well, final question. Like, anybody who is from the Karate Kid um, series that you want to see who we haven't saw yet in season three? Oh, um, oh man, there's so many. Uh, can we just bring... I just want the whole... Every every person who's ever been in a Karate Kid movie. There you go. There you go. Swank. Swank. Oh, man. I'm like... I'm, I'm fingers crossed wanting to go to Okinawa someday. That'd oh, be awesome. yes. Um, and not making yeah. Atlanta look like Okinawa. Actually going there. Yeah. No, I, no, I'm fighting them on it. I'm like, please. No, no, no. We, we need true Okinawa. We don't even, we don't want Hawaii even. Yeah, the original was kind of Hawaii. Oh, yes. Hawaii. I'm like, no. Yes. Be good to get out of If you Atlanta. watch season two, there's a lot of references <laughs> to um, Karate Kid Part 2 with the, the oh, breaking good. of the ice, the six panes of ice. Like, oh. the, um, yes. Yes. All right. Well, guys. Well, what an amazing interview with Mary Mouser uh, oh, yeah. from Cobra Kai. Um, of course, season two out now on YouTube Premium. Premium. Yes, yes, you can check it out. If you don't have it, the first Thank month you. is free. Yeah, <laughs> sign up for the yes. first month. He's personally well an it. advertiser for them. Oh yeah, trust me. I've been telling <laughs> family, friends, everybody about Cobra Kai because I think it's like a tr- tremendous series, yeah. and you guys deserve any of the fame you're getting now. Definitely. I appreciate it so much. I, I've had so much fun. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. And if before you go, if you could, let us know who you are and throw out uh, your character, Sam, from uh, Cobra Kai. And let us know you're on Below the Belt show and throw out a plug or whatever you want at the end. All right. Um, I am Mary Mauser, and I play Samantha LaRusso on Cobra Kai on YouTube Premium. I'm on the Below the Belt show. And you can find me at in, on Instagram at, at Miss Mary M. Mauser. Oh, you already found me? I already awesome. found you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I found you last year. <laughs> oh, 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 he did not just do that. I, did. I was about to say, I feel like, yeah, no, I feel like there's a competition, huh? Yeah, don't. don't I'm going to like more photos of hers. <laughs> don't don't block me. <laughs> ah, did you hear that? Don't block him. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Thank you so much, Mary. Mary, you're the best. Interview. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. All right, bye-bye. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. What a great interview. Oh, she was wow. great, yes. Mary Mouser. Woo. Yeah, one of my favorite shows. And like, oh, yeah, like that. <laughs> Seriously, people who don't, haven't watched that show yet, take some time. It's only a half-hour episode, ten half-hour episodes. Really, it, it, is, really it is a thing of beauty watching someone so enthusiastic oh, yeah, in the yes. interview. Normally, I, the fandom, normally right? I don't care. Yeah. Normally, I don't care. Uh, I'm, I'm on the couch sleeping, but this time. Come on. No, I, I, I care. This but, time, like, General was sleeping. Yeah, yeah, so, a yeah. Little, I, I haven't seen the show, so I didn't really know what to ask. And That's uh, quite all right. Yeah. But um, but if they put it in the comic book, they'll know about it. Yeah. There you go. Yes. <laughs> well, I guess i got to get YouTube Premium. It's, what, like the 15th uh, uh, streaming service that I have to get yes. now. Like I said, like if you sign mm-hmm. up you for a month. you know we're getting Disney Plus, right, Tiff? Yeah. Yup. If you sign up for a month, the first month's free, so you can cancel. So I can just, like, you watch and I are the show, binge-watch. like, in the first, like, couple Lots weeks. Well, you can cancel it. As soon as you yes. sign up, you can cancel it, and it we'll won't auto-renew. We'll buy some celebrities over. Okay. We still have the rest That's of actually, month to watch that it. That actually might be worth it, then. It's definitely worth it. <laughs> All right, some more movie stuff All for right. you, uh...
Well, if you're a fan of Ray, Daisy Ridley from Star Wars, I know, uh, Tiffany, you had your opinion of her uh, from the latest trailer, but we're not going to talk about that. She actually has a movie coming out that's not Star Wars. It's Hamlet. It's um, it's from a female's, female's perspective. So um, does she play? I mean, is it from Ophelia's perspective? She is, yes, from Ophelia's oh, perspective. Or is there a female and Hamlet? And I am going to watch it because I love history. Yes. And she looks beautiful as, as a Ophelia, renaissance. Yes, yes, yes. woman, yes. Yes, okay. <laughs> and she looks good, right? Yes. Okay, so <laughs> I know you had certain opinions about her in okay, the trailer. Okay, look, I, have, I love renaissance era and, and be women of the, the long flowing hair. Yes, yes. In a straight way, too, but also, anyway. <laughs> but she's just, too. she looks, I was going through the, the yes, absolutely. You saw the trailer. Yes, and I actually was like, she fits the part. So I didn't yeah. think about all the things that I focused on in Star Wars. <laughs> right. And I'm, I'm interested to see if she can hold her own outside of the franchise. Yes, me too. We saw another film that she did, the train film, um, I forgot what the it was train called. Film. You know the, uh, the the murder on the train. The girl uh, on the train. Oh, I forgot. Murder on the Orient Express. Thank that. you. Okay. Yes, I know she appeared in that. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing it. Just really test her acting chops. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, Hamlet from the viewpoint of Ophelia. So I'm looking forward to that. Well, she's definitely the best. Um, the best of the new actors in the in the Star Wars uh, movies. And um, let's not take away anything away from uh, and. Adam Driver, I think he's a fantastic. He's great, he's but I, I think her character, I think, is, a little stronger, is better. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Uh, we also saw a trailer. Uh, so for... far. So far, yeah. <laughs> he's Tra- like, what does that mean? <laughs> what do you yeah. mean? Yeah. Jim Carrey know? is back to the big screen in the Sonic the Hedgehog. I don't know if you guys got a chance to check out that trailer. Looked, I did. Looked pretty fun. Um, I, you know, I, I, I was I was a Jim Carrey fan, so th- this one looks a little more geared towards You were a Jim Carrey fan. Kids. I, w- I was. You I were. was. Yeah. Not anymore? I mean, I haven't seen him in a movie in a long time, so this is good. It'll be good to see if I can, you know, become a fan again. <laughs> it's been a while since I know he's had that uh, series, but uh, you know, it's good to see him back, uh, nonetheless. Um, well, Dumb and Dumber Two wasn't too long ago, was it? Maybe yeah, like five years. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, let's see. As you know, they're doing Suicide Squad, directed by James Gunn, which is great. Uh, two new cast members added. Uh, David, I cannot even pronounce his last name, Dasmalchian from Ant-Man is going to be um, playing the comic, he's playing a character named Polka Dot Man. And I know, General, <laughs> you're such the biggest comic book dude. I know you know who comic... Look at, look at him over there smiling. <laughs> who, who is Polka Dot Man and what are his like powers? He's a, he's his a, shitty and grin over there. He's a, he's a ridiculous character. I mean, um, well, I mean, that's one thing DC has like, a lot like, of. Oh, Polka Dot Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know him. A lot, a lot of, a lot of DC characters that were introduced like in the in the 50s and 60s and early 70s. I mean, they're right. fucking ridiculous. Like, like Polka Dot Man is one of them. Okay, so what were There's his powers? A, um, Does he have he, any? I think he could change colors. I thought that was like change colors. Wow. <laughs> no, I mean, like great, he could, like he could, like. I mean, you're wearing a he black jacket. Michael Jackson, he could huh? touch it and it would suddenly be green. Oh, that's no. what that's what is. I think his skin, like Michael Jackson, can change oh, colors. No. Oh no! Okay. Too soon. Oh. Too soon. Oh, all of a sudden, it's too soon now. It's <laughs> <laughs> a cool power. It seems like a cool power. That seems like a cool. But it's it's in that it's in that period where where comics were really really dumb. Okay. And it's like, um, I well, mean, they, that they was had like to make Shazam cool. Yeah, Shazam came out. But Shazam, then. like, that's you know? a good example where they right. they modernized, modernized Shazam. Modernized Shazam, right. and Shazam was a really ridiculous character exactly. for a long time. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, and um, mm-hmm. they really, I mean, 
like one of Shazam's arch enemies is a talking caterpillar. And we saw in the end credits. Like Alice in Wonderland. I was thinking Alice in Wonderland, yeah. Yeah. Or like this tiny talking caterpillar that has like a like a radio or something on his like and and so like they really had to do a lot to like, you know, make him you know, make him more like, you know, not ridiculous. But it's and that's like, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, is Harley Quinn in this one? Harley Quinn will be back, heck okay, yes. Good. Okay, okay. Uh, will Smith will not be back. Idris Elba was rumored to take the role of Deadshot, but I think they're going to make him a different character, which I like. Because Probably should, yeah. Bronze Tiger. That's, that's okay. my guess. So they can bring they're Will. Gonna, that's my guess, too. That way they can bring Will back. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking Bronze Tiger okay. myself, yeah. Well, I like that because I want I want them to bring Will Smith back maybe for the third film, you know? It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He, scheduling, he just Well, like, what was the issue? Why didn't Will... Scheduling. Wanna... I think oh. he's filming the um, the Serena Williams, uh, by the Williams sisters biopic. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, also... playing one of the sisters? Yeah, uh, okay, no, okay. the father, the father. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Well, which was a controversy because he's fair skinned, and the Venus sisters were were darker complexion. So, oh yeah, it, it, yeah. it, it was a controversy. But we, <laughs> we already talked <laughs> yes, about that did. on the show a while ago. Um, that was crazy. Another cast member to Suicide Squad is Daniel Melcher. Uh, let, let me look at. Let me look at. Um, Her character is Ratcatcher. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Look at that smile and the another, nod. Another, another silly character. That smile and nod over there. Oh rat, my god. They, making... I thought rat catchers the sewers of Baltimore City and DC. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a. Uh, I mean, you know, like they say, rats. Uh, a rat saved the universe in that's Avengers true. Endgame. But yeah, Rat Catcher was a Batman villain. Um, I don't know. Introduced sometime in the nineties. Okay. I'm guessing. And the powers were. He controls rats. Oh. <laughs> like Aquaman controls sea animals. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know if he actually had powers or not. Okay. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. But he was like, I mean, he was designed to be like kind of a pathetic character. And yeah. like it's, uh, and now he wasn't designed to be a fearsome now, villain. Now it's a female version. Oh, it's a female. The, it's Yeah, her name's Daniela. Mm. Yeah. Oh. So, I mean, they were, she was designed, or I mean, he was, like I said, he wasn't designed to be like an arch enemy or okay. something. And then they're going to add in, I heard they're going to add in um, Green Pencil Man. Into, oh. into this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me look. Green, green, green Pencil, pencil man. man. Well, there is, there is Jacket Bell Man. Girl. And, oh, there's Jacket uh, Man. Cowbell Cal- 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 Girl. Cowbell Girl. Uh, Cal- uh, <laughs> only two cast members will be returning. Um, thank God, my girl, Margot Robbie. Yeah, they can't have Love you, Margot. You're the best. I will see you uh, in January. In boy shorts again, we hope. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yes, right? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and uh, Jai Courtney will be returning as Captain Boomerang. However, um, they're not bringing back um, Killer Croc. No, oh, no. That's a um, John Cena is also joining the cast. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's true. Uh, so John, you know what? I don't think I have a character of John Cena. Oh damn! I wanted to see um, yeah. General's face over here. Yeah, um, I do not have that character, so we'll have to wait and see. It is it is really fun when they dig really deep and yeah. get these like really <laughs> random characters. <Yeah. laughs> production production b- begins this fall, uh, but yeah, it's going to be a two year turnaround yeah. because it won't come out till August of 2021. Yeah, yeah. Like DC is so over the all over the place. Like DC, they is. are. I mean, like they. I mean, Marvel really knocked them off their game. Like they couldn't, like they wanted to catch they, up they to can. Marvel so quick, and they rushed everything. They rushed. They got. Um, I think they got Justice take League. Their, they have to take their time. They should do one or two movies a year. Yeah. You know, Marvel can handle three. Right. I have something temporarily completely random, but hot news. It has been confirmed that Han Solo will return for the final round of Star Wars. 
As in Harrison Ford? Yeah. Sorry, did I just say the wrong name? Yes. Han Solo, Harrison Ford As will a, wait, return. Wait, wait. Episode <laughs> nine or fi- when you see final round? Sorry, no, episode nine. Harrison Ford will be returning. It was just confirmed. Um, Star what? Wars. Yep. So, so he's probably going to appear as like a ghost, like a flashback, yeah. or like or a hologram. Yeah, a hologram ghost. That's what I'm but thinking. But he's, he's he's not. He uh, has no. He's yeah. not force sensitive. Yeah. No, but he has like someone has been stabbed or and or you know. What or you did would he think survive the fall? Killed before and then. See, and maybe know. that's what it is. And there have been a wow. lot of jokes leading up to this point that he will be back, and maybe that's how because we didn't see him actually die. I don't know uh, how, but wow. well, we we thought Darth rumors, Maul was dead too. And yeah, what happened, and so. the rumors have been that it would be like a holograph or something, or sorry, a hologram, something <laughs> like that. Yeah. It is too long of a day. But <laughs> now, yeah, apparently it's confirmed that he's actually going to be wow. a part of it. Yeah, I don't think they're going to bring him back as like a, a live person because Harrison Ford wanted to kill the character off, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he wanted to kill off back way back in um, Jedi. Yeah, he's been ready to move so, on. So yeah. like, I can't imagine him bringing the character back, but maybe just like as a flashback mm-hmm. or something, maybe. Yeah. That's that's fair. Um, let's see. So, Fantastic Beasts, uh, the third film, will be released November twelfth, twenty twenty one. So, we'll look, be looking forward to that one. Um, Robin Wright will be directing a feature length film for the first time. Um, it's called Land. As you know, she appeared in Wonder Woman and Blade Runner twenty forty nine, as well as House of Cards. The film is based on original screenplay by Jesse Chatham and Golden Globe nominee Liz Hanna. And production will begin this summer, so cool. Um, and um, this looks pretty cool. Angelina Jolie in a wilderness thriller. She's returning um, to cinema, and it's called Those Who Wish Me Dead. And Nicholas Holt, Beast from X-Men, will be joining the cast for that. Um, and Tyler Perry has joined the cast in a undisclosed role. Asmodea. Asmodea, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Shailene Woodley from the Divergent Films will star in Misanthrope, an um, upcoming serial thriller. Um, and as you know, she'll be in the second season of Big Little Lies. So, um, and this is interesting. Um, Tarantino will be releasing a director's cut. Quentin, that is, uh, one of the best directors of all time. That's uh, debatable, but he is great. Uh, Django Unchained will have a a new director's cut, which is. Kind of the same veins as uh, Hateful Eight, which they released on Netflix as unedited, but chopped it up in four episodes um, on Netflix, if you didn't know. Um, nah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. So, uh, I actually didn't know that either. Yeah. Is so it still on Netflix? I, I believe so. So okay. it's four episodes, but extended. He decided he didn't want to do the episode route for this extended film and just added an additional 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, so. I wish you do that with um, Pulp Fiction. Yeah. <laughs> Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that, if I they mean, had any um, that's, that's, extra scenes. That is my, actually my favorite Tarantino film. Oh, so. yeah. By far. By far. So we'll see what happens. You're shaking your head? What's your favorite one? I mean, Kill Bill? Tra- <laughs> don't be shaking your head over there. <laughs> no. Pulp, Pulp Fiction was traumatic for me. That was years ago. I was like barely 20-something. And again, I saw a scene that like led up to what was going on in the next room. And I again, someone snuck a photo of me curled up with my face half hidden in my knees, staring at the screen like, I want to look away. What scene are we alluding to? Oh, we know what we're talking about. You're talking about the gimp scene? Or the, oh, the gimp scene. Uh, <laughs> for those who don't have like magical ways to see through a podcast, <laughs> she, uh, she pointed in, uh, in agreement. We're going to have to consider yes. like live feed for faces <laughs> in the future. Yeah. 
No, so, but the, I mean, what sucks is they always um, wanted to do like the um, crossover of mm-hmm. Reservoir Dogs and um, Pulp Fiction with um, Vic Vega. Oh, the, the Vega Brothers. Yeah, Vega Brothers. They were Vic talking Vega, about Vincent that for Vega. a while. But um, unfortunately, time got, you know, it's going to be a prequel and time's like way too far now. Like, uh, yeah. Well, you could conceivably make a prequel whenever you want. You just have to recast the, yeah, the, but the characters. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, I'll be in Tribeca uh, with Click on This TV. Um, They're having two, you might love this, Chachi, two reunion panels. One uh, is Say Anything, uh, which actually just took place already. I missed that one. Uh, John Cusack and uh, Ioni Sky. um, Yeah, great movie. For all returning uh, for a screening and a QA and a afterwards. And Say Anything. I'm sorry. um, Say Anything. say, Say Anything, yes. Yes. And Reality Bites will nice. also be having a reunion screening and Q&A. Ben Stiller and uh, Winona Ryder. And, uh, Which of those Hawk two movies do you think, be, um, you think last the test of time more? Man. More people still talk about Say Anything because of the iconic boombox. Yeah. 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 Um, reality Bites, I think, is a little underrated, if anything. Oh, absolutely. So, um, but that's movies. And let's bring on our next special guest. All right. All right, guys, this is uh, switching gears here for a little bit on Below the Belt Show, our second special guest of the evening. He's a podcaster and an author, and um, he's written a pretty cool book, which I had no idea existed until I received the book, which is awesome. It's called (laughs) The Ultimate Guide for the Avid Indoorsman, (laughs) Life is Better Here, and uh, I like it because it talks a lot of... Talks about a lot of topics that we don't really think about and how we can do these activities a lot better as indoorsmen. And ladies and gentlemen, we have John Driver on the line. Hey, how you doing, guys? Hey, hey what's going John. on? And John, we're doing the podcast indoors. I hope you're happy about that. <laughs> not, not, uh, not I'm out. very, very happy. Yes, it was it's stipulated in my writer, actually. So. <laughs> okay, good, good. Normally we're outside doing yeah. this. Yeah, so I think this is very unique. It's just a first of its kind. I, I, I don't believe I've ever seen um, a guide to being an endorsman. You know, I felt like that there was just this uh, misunderstood global tribe of endorsement and indoors women out there around the world who feel overlooked and underrepresented and mischaracterized because, you know, they can't sustain their suntans or long walks, you know, and and so I just wanted to kind of help them rise uh, or at least move from a recline maybe to a sitting position and uh, and have somebody to speak out for them. So We finally have an advocate. John, I'm going to go ahead and read the back of this book because it is hysterical and I think it's just perfect. May I? Absolutely, yeah. Are your couch, TV, and smartphone among your most prized possessions? Yes. (laughs) Are you looking for proven methods to avoid (laughs) imminent Bigfoot and Loch Ness monster attacks? Maybe. How sick and tired are you of hearing your friends and family say, let's go out? Then you might be an avid endorsement. Embrace the lifestyle with this hilarious handbook full of tips and tricks to help you survive and thrive in your comfy, yet still surprisingly wild, climate-controlled world. That's, that's that nice. Is, nice. That was <laughs> it's a perfect. great synopsis. <laughs> so, yes, I got, I got to uh, read the book a little bit, skim over some of the chapters and just some really cool topics you talk about. Uh, one is the, the, the evolution of the man cave. So I think that's really important. Uh, that the man cave has been around for, for, for what I'm reading in the book, centuries. 
Absolutely. Well, there's a chart in the book about how we, we moved from caveman to man cave. And that, that process is something that we often overlook, you know, that historically, and oddly enough, in my real life, I was actually a history teacher uh, uh, long ago, back during the Civil War. And we, we, we have overlooked these things throughout our history that, hey, man has always been on this mission to somehow move inside and have this uh, space that is going to be more comfortable and a place where he think about it. He wants to move the fire from the outdoors to the indoors. We call that a grill now or an oven. Think about how he wants to move his entertainment from the outdoors to the indoors. We call that our flat screen television. So it's really just we're just perpetuating the same thing that's been going on for centuries, just that movement to have this uh, life that's comfortable on the inside. It's pretty cool. You have here, um, you're talking about with your flat screen TV, like you talk about the distance of your um, couch from the TV, depending on the TV size, which I think is pretty cool. Well, that's a science yeah. and engineering there. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of good tips in this book. Yeah. Like, Putting together toys for your children. Oh, and also the importance of sleep sufficiency. Yes. Yeah. So, yes, we've got different sweatpants style, whether you're going to have um, string or no string. <laughs> like, uh, These are important things that we yeah. have to think about. So let's go back to the sleep really quick. So I, I, I guess it's, so is this scientifically proven that more sleep, the more sleep you get, the longer your lifespan and the less sleep you have, the shorter your lifespan. Right. Well, that, that is scientifically proven. Now, uh, again, whether or not uh, my particular take on it or the research of it is, uh, it's going to hold up in, you know, <laughs> in the annals of science books, I'm not sure. But I basically guarantee in the book that uh, if you will just find a way as a healthy endorsement to sleep for uh, between 13 to 15 hours every day, then you, you could live to be 115 years old. Wow. Um, so it's, it's very, I mean, it's just simple math, really, I guess, more than science. <laughs> and then, Maybe that's why people have told me I look pretty young for my age. I spent, you know, the first twenty some years just sleeping most of the day and avoiding the sun. So <laughs> that makes sense now. Yeah, and, and of course it means that indoorsmen in general live longer than outdoorsmen. Exactly. Well, there's a whole section in there that's an actual, uh, an actual take on the history of coffee, uh, and and all the different ways to make coffee indoors, but. Uh, it was actually, there was a, a goat herder in Africa who found that the sheep and the goats were eating the beans and that they would uh, stay up all night. So he took it to the local monastery, and uh, the, the, the monk there made a drink out of it that let him stay awake during his evening prayers. And so basically throughout the course of history, coffee is another way. They do say your lifespan is significantly uh, increased if you drink coffee regularly. I love it. So if you, if you combine that to sleep, it's kind of problematic. The endorsement <laughs> lifestyle requires balance and moderation because how are you going to sleep 15 hours a day and drink enough coffee uh, to live longer? So, you know, you, you do have to just delve into the ways that, that you can uh, you know, amend the things necessary for a long endorsement life. That's <laughs> okay. So, John, I have to ask you, does the avid endorsement work from home? How does he pay <laughs> the bills? I have to, I have to know. <laughs> well, you know, so the, one of the misnomers about endorsementship uh, is that he's not outside a lot. And 
actually, we talk about that in the book. We talk about the outdoorsman a lot in the book and how this is a book for him as well, because what we're really trying to do is to equip people uh, to be able to survive indoors, regardless of, you know, their predilection for whether they'd be outside or inside. But obviously, you know, indoorsmen go to work, and uh, indoorsmen have hobbies. They're runners and joggers and golfers and all kinds of other things. They might enjoy the outdoors. It's just that they uh, understand even in the outdoors, uh, whether it's the, the inside of their car or whether it's the inside of their tents when they're out, you know, in the, in the woods, ways to uh, conquer and to create great indoor spaces, even when they're outside of their main indoor living space. So, yeah, you absolutely get to go to work and have a living. Uh, you just understand when you're at home how to live better. Yeah, but you also uh, mentioned in the book there are like a lot of indoor hobbies that you can do, like a Wikipedia editor or, yes. or yoga. <laughs> um, you got you got 3D printing, crossword puzzles. So if you want to avoid the outdoors, you definitely can by some good following activities this there, book. Yeah. yeah. And now we have apps where you can be a fitness trainer online. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I love it. Um, now, I, uh, what I thought was interesting is uh, your fit. You can tell someone's indoorsman. Uh, rating by the facial hair they have. <laughs> Absolutely, the endorsement beard guide uh, is is. See, there's there's the book, and of course the illustrations in this book. And in all seriousness, the team uh, from the publisher at Harvest House just did an unbelievable job uh, with the, the the illustrations in this book. And so if you if you look in there, you know we talk about all the alternatives to outdoorsman beards. Uh, and we, you know, the example would be the eager fuzz bucket, uh, which oh is just, so basically we give the <laughs> rules for that. That listen, the the, the avid endorsement knows that peach fuzz on a man's face is never okay. Like even if you have to basically quarantine yourself for a season, uh, that's you know you stay indoors until it's a presentable thing. <laughs> but that's why the endorsement beard alternative is the patient apprentice, uh, which is where you know you. You spend time with your family indoors while it grows. And so it moves all the way in. You know, we see older gentlemen. We call uh, one outdoors and beards called the side canyon, where it kind of just comes down and dips right there on below the cheekbone. For some reason, we shave down there as opposed to the best one, the endorsement beard alternative is just the normal guy. I mean, just, just where the beard is even all the way across. And of course, you really, really branch out there. Uh, you have uh, outdoorsman beards like the face mullet and the John the Baptist. <laughs> wow. You know, there, there could be lots of things happening, um, it, it, even creatures living in those beards. But there are even large uh, endorsement beard alternatives like the Telecaster Master. The idea is that you just make sure that uh, the beard is well-trimmed and maintained at a, mm. at a reasonable even trim. But yes, absolutely. It's a reflection of endorsement. Okay, sure. but how can you tell who's indoorsy and outdoorsy looking at women? Obviously, they don't have facial hair, so what do you look for? How can you tell by looking at a female if hmm. they're indoors or outdoors? That's a good say. question. Now, what are, what, how can you tell yeah, we, that I'm indoorsy or outdoors, John? Well, the truth would be told, I would mm. never attempt to stereotype anyone of any gender. Uh, these are <laughs> reflections these are reflections, not just... We can't look at someone on the outside and tell because endorsementship is a thing of the heart, guys. It's, uh, in, okay. it's in your heart. <laughs> there you go. And it's a growth yeah. there. But, you know, in the book, there is... I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Enneagram test, which is a sort of a, a motivations test, but 
I've devised a 20-question test. This is really the way you determine your own level, because it's oh, not cool. our job to tell you what it is. And it's called the Endoriagram. <laughs> and uh, it is a 20-question test, and you, there's a, a scoring system that then rates you in terms of the five levels, beginning from the avid outdoorsman, uh, moving to the social outdoorsman, and then you cross that line into indoorsmanship with the casual indoorsman, the moderate indoorsman, and finally the avid. So it's a very specific test uh, that, you know, it's, it's changing lives, guys. It's changing lives as we speak. I don't know <laughs> wow. who, but it's happening. John, I really thought you were going to tell me something about peach fuzz. And as a woman, <laughs> that's how you could tell that I was in Dorsey. <laughs> Just like I had so much I could go with on this one. Where, the fuzz on, on the face? Uh, no, hey. not on the face. Somewhere else. I am. Uh, I am not easily entrapped. So. It is called the Below the Belt Show, guys. Come on. Uh. <laughs> but he said he's not easily entrapped. You know what, John? You're my kind of guy. <laughs> Indoorsman only. Yeah. Looks I like love it. looks like Abe Lincoln over here. Nice. <laughs> so, so do you do you? Do you binge, do, do you binge a lot of television, <laughs> John, as an endorsement? Uh, you know what? Uh, I was watching old episodes of West Wing uh, right before I jumped on the phone with you. Oh, wow. Okay. You're so, diehard. You're going through yeah. every decade, I guess. Well, everyone, about every decade we go back and revisit classics such as the West Wing. But, uh, but, but yeah, it's a classic. I mean, you know, it's, it's a... It's a, I do work in all those other things, but absolutely, you know, we now have the ability to watch whatever we want, anytime we want, wherever we are. This is true. Um, tell us a little bit about your podcast. Talk about that. Yeah, so my, my uh, good buddy named Johnny W. is a, a full-time comedian, travels, I mean, 250, 300 days a year, and we uh, came up together in Knoxville, Tennessee. I went to the University of Tennessee in Knoxville, we were actually in a band together and used to travel and cool. do things. And then he moved here near Nashville, where I live now, and, and we've worked together here. And so we've just been buddies for about 20 years. And so we do a podcast uh, that is funny. We, it's, it's just kind of us sitting around a table talking through life and different things. And it usually has uh, you know, topics of substance as well, where we talk about uh, matters of faith and matters of culture, things happening uh, around the world. And so it's kind of just guys at a table and we have some really good listeners and people submit questions or topics they want us to talk about and so it's a lot of fun and, and we really enjoy it awesome we'll have to check it out i'm sure available on all the platforms itunes and and uh Absolutely. yeah google play and all that good stuff yeah wow john driver uh, great talking to you here on below the bell show you make sure you check out yeah. his book the ultimate guide for the avid endorsement i'm sure available barnes and nobles amazon Absolutely, and you can go to avidendorsementbook.com. There's links there to all kinds of places, Amazon or Barnes & Noble, independent links there to buy. And then you also can take an online version, if you want, of the Endoriagram. Oh, it yes. Will, with, it, with images from the book, and it will give you your score at the end, and you can share it to social media if you like. It's just a lot of fun and uh, another way to kind of interact with this uh, with this silly concept. So, awesome. Let me tell you, and some, some great endorsements for this book. I mean, reading right here, like, they have a quote from Winston Churchill. Wow. He said, You go to I Time Machine I, for that? You know, he said, I wish I would have had such a book when I was alive. And that's a great <laughs> wow. endorsement. Wow. 
good, good yeah, for it was you. a hard it was a hard one to track down that's but, good, uh, that's we, good we really went the extra mile yeah, that's so. a ringing that's a ringing endorsement yeah. oprah winfrey endorsed your book too her voicemail. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Was... And you get an ultimate guide for the avid endorsement, and you get a guide for the ultimate avid <laughs> <laughs> How does it feel just having your book now like published and out there for people to buy and getting feedback? It's got to be a huge accomplishment. Well, I I'm just feel very, very honored. It's been a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, again, the team at, the, at, the, at our publisher at Harvest House, they were just amazing to work with. And... Uh, it's, let me tell you, and I, I do quite a bit of writing. I'm, I'm a collaborative writer as well on, on a lot of different projects. And I think any time you get to work as a writer, it's a big deal. And uh, it never stops being a big deal. So absolutely, we're All grateful right. for everyone who's who's uh, been reading it. And we hope to do a volume two. I honestly now can't walk into a Costco or to uh, anywhere, a public restroom, an airport, uh, without so many just yeah, really ridiculous endorsement observations happening. And so there's there's already enough for a, <laughs> a, a second volume awesome. of yes. all these, uh, these ideas. But it's been a lot of fun and absolutely very it's a, honest. It's a fun book. It's a fun book, John. Thanks so much for, for going into Below the Belt show. And we uh, love to have you back if you release that second indoors book. <laughs> absolutely. I'd love to come back. appreciate you guys uh, giving me the time. Cool. Uh, John, if you could let us uh, get, throw a little promo for us. Let us know who you are, the author of The Avid Endorsement or whatever you want, and let us know you're on Below the Belt show. Throw out a catchphrase, a joke, or whatever you want at the end. Okay. I'm, I'm John Driver, and uh, I am an author and a minister and a writer, and uh, I am excited to be on Below the Belt. And You guys can uh, check me out at avidendorsementbook.com for more information, but appreciate the time. All right. John, oh, thanks man. so much for calling in. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you guys very much. Y'all have a good night. I sure appreciate it. Right, good Thank night. You. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, well, sometimes it's good to have some wholesome silliness. What a nice guy. More, more, yeah. like, I wish, now I wish we had more authors on the show. Right? Oh, yeah. you like, you like yeah. the change of page. I, I actually re- I enjoy, I enjoy oh, authors on the show, too. more? Absolutely. And I, I didn't know he was a minister. I feel kind of oh, bad now. Yeah. You're talking about pubic hair over here. <laughs> you started it. But now, like, I wish we would have mentioned he has a really good book that I once read. And it was just in oh, passing. Like, it was a good book? deal, and I picked it up. Radical Religion. Yeah. Well, there you I go. I looked it up. Wow. I'm like, I know this one. Yeah. So, so he, okay. Now. That makes sense so now. this is the question, TMF. He's a very rational mind. Like when people get afraid these days of the word minister for good reason. But yeah. um, <laughs> we're not going into Catholic church. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to take a classic cut break and go into, um, since the Cobra Kai theme show, our interview with Martin Cove. And I think Miss TMF is either going to hang out or not hang out. She's going to hang out. I'll hang out. Because we, ga- huh? we have Game of Thrones talk right uh, after yeah, a nice break here on Below the Belt I can't believe we waited this long I love you guys too much talk. to go. Yes. I always say I might leave early, <laughs> and then I'm like, no, I love you guys. So here we go. Classic cut. Where my dog's at. It is time for King Chachi's Classic Cuts. Holla at your boy. Chachi's Yeah, Chachi's classic cut back once again. It's been a while. It's been a minute. It's been a few minutes, yeah. Well, we're definitely having like a... 
Karate Kid Cobra Kai yes. uh, theme show this week. So I had to pick um, a song from one of the movies, of course. The classic movie, though, right? A classic movie, yeah. Classic, um, co- classic Karate Kid movie. And this is from Karate Kid Part 2, for those who remember it. Um, actually, a great song by Peter Cetera. This is The Glory of Love. And it's actually one of the um, names of one of the episodes in um, Season 2 of Cobra Kai. So it all ties together. Oh, wow. So I, lo- this, I love tie-ins. You love tie-ins. Yes. And, and following in this... Um, mm-hmm. Classic Cut, we're going to have an interview with um, Martin Marty Cove. Cove. And say we'll, crease after this. And then back after that, Game of Thrones talk, guys. Yep. We'll be back. Songs available only on live broadcasts on WMBC and below the belt show.com. Hey guys, Chachi here at AwesomeCon in DC. I'm here for Click On This and Below the Belt Show, and we got a special treat today. We got the sensei standing behind me, Martin Cove. You know him from the new Cobra Kai series. Marty, how you doing? I'm good, I'm good. I'm here in you know, Awesome Con. It's wonderful. How's it seeing the fans today? Everybody's great, you know. Everybody really watches the show, and it's really interesting to hear all the, re- all the reviews, which are all totally positive. But they're reviews of what, they're all surprised that John Kreese is not, you know, the standard stoic, you know, devil, right. and he's very vulnerable. And I love playing that. And that's kind of the reason why I took this on, because you get a chance to play levels and texture. And these writers are so great. In season two, they wrote you know, wonderful colors for this character. and I hope everybody out there enjoys it when they see it. Well, it's been um, 30 years exactly since you were on um, Karate Kid Part 3. You know, last time you um, were the character of Sensei Kreese. How was it bringing it back after all this time? Was it hard to um, not fall into a kind of like a parody of the character and is really the show depth to, to um, John Kreese? Well, you know, Karate Kid 3 was always, a, it was always bittersweet because Karate Kid 3 was written for me. And then I got a TV series, Hard Time on Planet Earth. So this was a vehicle that was mine. And then they had to bring in, you know, Terry Silver. Silver. Yeah. They brought in Terry Silver to put me on the periphery of the movie, like someone on vacation in Tahiti, so yeah, yeah. so he can do the sting operation on the kids. Um, 
But I, I, you know, I thought I thought it was a very enjoyable movie. I loved working with Thomas, and and um, it it was really interesting, you know, making the transition because I I signed on because I didn't want to be that character anymore. I wanted to be, you know, shades of that character, but I wanted to have the colors of vulnerability, the colors of sadness, the color of of, of his background, of why John Kreese was, you know, was John Kreese, was yeah. John Kreese. and yeah. it goes back to Vietnam, it goes back to the problems he had in Vietnam, and they're writing about that. You know, John Hurwitz and Josh Heald and Hayden Schlossberg, they just know, they know everything. This is their Star Wars. They're smart, really smart, and they perceive the future very well theatrically, so they, they know what our characters are all about. Now, when did you first get contacted by them? How long ago was it? and how they try to convince you that to come two, back. Two years this September. Wow. And we sat in, I think it was Dan Tanner's restaurant in Hollywood, and they said, we want you to come in episode 10. And I said, why can't I come in episode six? <laughs> so they said, he says, well, we want you to set up season two. And how it was set up was brilliant. You know, the real story's just begun. You cut six months later. You know, the show airs, it's big and gets picked up and now, you know, it'll probably be picked up for third season. And um, it's just, it's rare to work for people in Hollywood who are not only perceptive and talented, but sincere. You know, doesn't happen much. No, it's phenomenal. Both seasons are great. And I was worried when I first heard about the series, I'm like, bringing back Karate Kid, like they're gonna mess it up. They mess everything up around Hollywood. You know, they, they just try to go for the money, right? They try to like, you know, just bank off the name and try to like just milk it all for all they can. And look at Ghostbusters, like the, the remake Ghostbusters, which I thought was horrible. But they brought all your characters back and they really gave depth. Like you thought you thought you were the, you know, super villain. They thought Johnny was the villain. You thought Ralph was the hero, you know, Danielson. But they all came back and they all like have shades of gray now, which they talk about a lot in this series. And they really, it really shows that, you know, you know, why they acted the way they acted, and none of them are perfect. All of them have flaws, all of them, you know, have goodness in them. Sure, You know, and you have a little bit of goodness in you, too, on, this, no, on the series. It's definitely, I mean, my character is yeah. just, he's not evil. Yeah. You know, he's, I've always looked at John Kreese, even from the day of, back in 83, when we started shooting, that he's just a pure character in his, you know, his karate is different than Miyagi-Do. Cobra Kai is making sure that your opponent, like an enemy out in the field when you're at war, right. stays down. There you, you know, and Miyagi-Do is you make the point, and uh, that's it. You can return to your corner. Well, there's no corner. The guy stays down, he's down. And that's what John Kreese believes, you know. And, and there's, you know, there's, you know, no mercy for the weak. It's just, it, it said so very well. And um, I believe that you know, when as you watch the show and you watch season two, it gets a little violated. You know, Cobra Kai, the concept gets a little violated, mm -hmm. and he, John, jumps back in to correct it. <laughs> and you know, I, and I've been watched all season two in the first 24 hours. I you thought know, it was amazing. You know exactly, exactly what I'm talking about. And, and some of the scenes, like you, kind of like um, get under Daniel's son's um, skin, trying to like mention uh, Mr. Miyagi. Which you know, tremendous character, tremendous um, played by Pat Morita. What was it like um, acting with him, and like, and, and you know, how bad do you wish that he was still alive to be in this series? Well, he he would be a mentor now. I don't yeah. think he'd be a major character. I think he might be just a mentor, but I don't know. But it, you know, working with him was great. I had my like fourth audition. I think it was John Avelson, Jerry Weintraub, and then it was. Uh, I don't even remember if we met with the casting lady first, but the last one was for Guy McElwain, the head of the studio, and I went to the set 
and I did my my work with Pat. And he was yeah, very yeah. gracious, lovely guy. We went, you know, went out for drinks and occasionally, you know, a couple of times a year when he was in town. And nice man, really. And we miss him. We do miss him. He's a good soul. And All right. One more question. Like such a tremendous show, and you have a great young cast on this um, this series now. Um, and usually for these remakes, they make it all about the young people, and they forget about the originals. But this one is kind of, I think, a nice balance between the two. Um, who do you see of the, of the young cast that really stands out to you, and you think is going like, to go on to be like a superstar? And the well, young I tell you, it still takes time for me. You know, yeah. my daughter's in love with you know with um, Robbie. Oh yeah. You yeah. know, and. Um, you know, it's interesting, you know, Mary is just a wonderful actress. Courtney is... Oh, she's great. Courtney is just, you know, delicious on film. <laughs> and she's a wonderful actress, <laughs> right. you know. And, um, but I'm not sold on, on, on anybody yet. I mean, I okay. love Hawk, you know. Um, it's a great character. There's all, Nikolai, you know. Yeah. Um, they're all terrific, but, you know, they've all just been introduced. And they just have a beginning of a soul. So for me, I need more time to okay. see the soul of an actor in versatile situations, in a variety of areas where how are they going to react to John Kreese versus how are they going to react to yeah. Daniel. Yes. You know, so it just takes time for me. But, you know, the, the camaraderie between Billy and I and Ralph, you know, when I did that scene with him in the garden, it was just great. I oh. mean, we looked at each other and we just knew, <laughs> we knew we had to right. work at this. You yeah. know, we knew neither one was going to be able to just, you know, just play the scene lightly because yeah. it, it came, it has a whole history behind it. That scene's the first time we worked together in 35 years. Right, yeah. So, you know, I think we did the other scene outside, but that was, wasn't really a scene between us. This was a scene between, you know, in a sense, the black hat and the white hat. Right. And how Attention each one. Awesome con attendees. This is a last it's, call for pre-purchased autographs. It's it's how. It's it's how the white hat deals with the black hat, and everything else is great. Billy's great. Oh yeah. Billy's great. He's so very. He's shades of great. You know. So he really stepped it up on this series. Oh, I think. Yeah. He deserves an Emmy. He did. He does. All right, I got to go. All right, Martin. Well, thank you so much. We're looking forward to season three. We know you'll be in there. Spoiler, spoiler alert, you know, you take over the Cobra Kai at the end of season two, which I thought was amazing. I'm ready for season three. Thank you. And hopefully it won't be as long um, for the next season. All right, great. All right, thank you, Martin. Take it easy. Thank you so much. All right, that's it. All right. Yes, that's right. Lords and ladies, your grace. This is Lord Alberto of House Soto of Below the Belt Show fame here to talk about Game of Thrones Episode 3, The Battle of Winterfell. I am joined by the, the King Chachi, Lord <laughs> Demotivational Speaker. Yes. We have the one and only My Lady of House Winters, <laughs> Miss Lady Fira, <laughs> and that's right, he is <laughs> Lord the General General of Carl of House Zod, <laughs> here for your weekly Game of Thrones. 
so yeah, that was an episode. Huh? I tell you, the the intro. <laughs> The intro to Game of Thrones gets me like psyched up for the episode every time. Like right? I, I watch the whole thing. Like, <laughs> was it that intro well, or the intro with uh, the kid dancing, uh, the meme dancing? No, I don't know if you saw. There's a kid dancing to the uh, opening credits. No, no, I didn't see which that, is no. one of those. But you saw that. <laughs> Lindsay, Lindsay Sterling hasn't done it yet. Like, oh, but yes, the opening credits. Yes, mm-hmm. I mean from everything. Um, to open credits to the very end credits, seriously, everything in this episode. Although it was a little difficult to see. Oh my god, yes. I already wear glasses, so it's like, okay, thank you for adding um, some more uh, viewing um, obstacles. Yeah, that was... But, uh, uh, underexposed. It was, it was for the longest time, I was like, wait, who's that? What's going on? What's going on? Right, <laughs> right, right. It's like Shadow a... Man. Well, I try, to, I try to watch it in my living room, and like, I'm like, I have a 4K TV down there, and it's, it's a new TV, so I'm watching wow, it, and I'm fancy. like... Yeah, I'm watching. I'm like, is my TV messed up? I turned the brightness all the way up, and it was still too dark. I'm like, this must be my TV. Something's going wrong with it. I went upstairs, and it was a little better on my upstairs TV, but still, it was hard to see. Like, you had to really pay attention. Like, like yeah. I had to, I had to uh, rewind twice to realize that I guess all the Dothraki died. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, uh, that was cool. Yeah, so that was. There was so much going on, but first of all, 17.8 million people watched Game really? of Thrones episode 803 titled The Long Night, um, and that's up 12% from episode two. Is that a record for HBO? Good question. Um, it says series record, so yes. A series record, um, wow. Looks like that is uh, 17.8. It's the highest uh, uh, number of viewers. That's Wow, that's tremendous. That's a lot for HBO. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, so let's talk. So we talked about the Dothraki. Yes, they were the first in line at battle. Yeah. And um, Melisandre lit all their swords which with was, flames. Which was pretty cool. freaking awesome. Yeah. Yes. But they go off to fight the army of the dead, and they're completely wiped out. Um, and really cool way to show them die. Like, you never saw them actually fight or get killed. You saw, like, each one of their swords are going out one by one. And right. there was, like, only one left, and then that light just flickered out. Yeah. That, yeah. that so was really cool. Did all the Dothraki die then? It looks like they, yeah. they were completely wow. wiped out. But it, like I said, crazy. it took me, I had to rewind it twice to really figure that out. Right. So we weren't too emotionally invested in the Doc Rocky, obviously. Speak the main yourself. one was 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 Jason Momoa's uh, Cal Drogo. Um, yes. <laughs> speak for yourself. Also, we did see, um, of course, um, after the Dothraki was the Unsullied, right? Yeah. Um, um, that was. Um, so did Grey Worm? Like, that I was think Grey he Worm survived. Mm-hmm. I think Grey Worm survived. Um, oh, um, did he? Okay. Yes, I think he retreated, and I think this is right after Melisandre. Again, Melisandre really showing. Her worth, um, you know, um, in this episode, um, do, does the, that ring of fire around the Winterfell castle, um, which yeah, was cool which was fantastic. It, it, it delayed the the um, the whites from the uh, from and the white whoa, whoa, from entering whoa. in. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, that's what yeah. they call it. Right now. <laughs> but then they all <laughs> trying to make it a regional thing. But then they all piled on top of each other. There's a lot of piling on top yeah, of each other to go yeah. over the fire. Yeah, right? the the whole um, what mm-hmm. was that from World War Z? They did that. They did the pull that. the World yeah. War Z thing. Yeah. God, you're a nerd. Yeah. Oh yeah. Can reference another like fandom like. <laughs> Bran did his thing, warging into the Raven to check in on the Night King, who was uh, um, obviously on his ice dragon, his zombie dragon. I kind of think he would die, Bran. Like, he, he gets my nerves, I don't know. Oh, wow. <laughs> the way he just sits there and, like, does nothing. Yeah, he, he does seem a little too smug for his own good. He yeah. really does. Yeah, <laughs> for, for, for um, 
adding nothing to the um, to the battle. Well, I what mean, did he, he do? He, he flew with he, the ravens, and, and, and the, the ravens to check on the on the night king. Is that what he did? And he was okay. able to inform, I guess, John or and All everybody right. else. Were, were, you That's know, what he the did. Night okay. King was. Um, so, um, before we get, to, well, our, before we get to what yeah, before, did yes, yes, yes. at the end, which is um, ridiculous, um, anyways, uh, they, I watched the behind the scenes, um, of this episode and it was cool because they wanted to combine a, a di- few different elements. They didn't want to make an entire battle for the whole episode. Which is smart. Which is good. So the very first part of the episode was them preparing and just, you know, a lot of just talking and sound that and was, preparation. That was really well done. There well was done, right? so much just freaking tension. Tension. I actually got to admit, got I had I had a fair amount of anxiety watching that. Yes. I was like, oh this my is God. And then a different kind of tension when they well, decided they to go the horror route. Yeah. yeah. And with um, Arya inside... Winterfell with several different um, dead, dead um, army of the dead, um, and had that eerie, you know, uh, haunted house, you know, um, horror movie vibe to it, which is what the producers were uh, talking about. Yeah. Right, and, and, they're, and they're smart because they like, um, yeah, they said people can't watch like an hour battle scene because they get just like you know worn yeah. out. And someone needs to tell Michael Bay this because he doesn't understand that. Yeah. Because like in Transformers, he'll just have like a, an hour battle between the Transformers, and you're like you're like starting to fall asleep during a big battle scene. Yeah. It's like too much. Absolutely, <laughs> you're absolutely yeah. right. I did fall. I remember falling asleep at one of those Transformers. Yeah, because the battles last forever. And you're like, okay, Sometimes after a while, wanted, like you wanted something different. Yeah. And that's what the Avengers did. They did and he jerks the camera around the whole time. Like, yeah. Music video. Like oh. you're absolutely <laughs> right. Yeah. So that that's really good. And of course, Producers yes. are right. Yes. We we yes. And then we of course at the end of. Uh, I guess the third act was the, um, the huge, huge battle. So during this battle, we we have to say our goodbyes to some people. Um, uh. So let's go through <laughs> through the list. Um, it's like Walking Dead, like when they go like yes. Walking Dead when they so in we, memoriam. Well, we um, on the uh, evil side, on the army of the dead side, we lost Viserion, who was uh, Danny's former dragon, who uh, was resurrected by the Night King and became the Ice Dragon. And that um, was a badass battle with that with that ice dragon. That was oh yeah, versus the, the one the, the one yeah. where or the one where he's fighting like uh, where he's about to get Jon Snow or like went went in the air. Well, that was like just the um, the ice dragon. Well, yeah. How about the one? Uh, I'm not sure which dragon when um, the army of the dead was uh, you know climbing on top. of Oh, the oh yeah. that was so cool. And then the, that the was dragon really yeah. freaking cool. Yeah. yeah. And you saw just all of them like, stabbing their daggers into the dragon, and I was hoping the dragon was going to die. Like, luckily, uh, yeah. And because the dragon flew off, it, <coughs> Jorah Mormont had to defend Daenerys, and while defending Daenerys, unfortunately. Sad to see Jorah Mormont. Yeah, has fortunately uh, died in battle. Um, we also lost uh, Ed Tollett, aka Dolores Ed, former commander of the Night Watch, um, who was rescuing Samuel Tarly. Uh, we lost Lord Beric Dondarrion, which because um, the person that resurrected him, Melisandre. Uh, well, there's another person that. Oh, uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, um, he he died in the last battle um, against uh, the, the White Walkers. Oh, up at the um, up at the wall. Yes, at the wall. So, unfortunately, he wasn't there to resurrect him. So he really much really. Well, much I thought had one I thought Melisandre left. also brought him back. Is Ma- M- Melisandre's probably um, able to bring him back, but uh, I guess she was too late. Um, as um, Lord Beric Dondarrion um, lost his life. Um, defending, um, defending Arya. Um, we lost the little lady Lyanna Mormont, which is really sad. That I mean, was a badass scene. I, I, that was I, a cool ass so, scene, though. It was a cool death. Yeah, I, I always get sad when children die on TV. Yeah, but 
her jumping up and like stabbing um the the giant the, the giant yeah. the, de- yeah. the, the, the dead zombie giant um with was it dragon glass of of, of valerian steel i think it was dragon glass right yeah yeah okay. but but the producers said about her that she's supposed to have like a really small role in the series just that one mm-hmm. um scene like you know seasons ago and they loved her so but much but she's a great actress and she's a good actress she was great yeah as a child you know child actresses so young but so strong total badass but so good yeah, yeah she's a lot of sass in her um, we also saw the untimely death of Theon Greyjoy. I was hoping he would make this oh, no. one out of there, uh, protecting, of course, Bran. He, um, he had a Night King. I mean, throughout the show, he had a really, really interesting like mm-hmm. character character oh, arc, yeah. where it went in so many directions. Great warrior. He was hated. He was. You felt sorry for right. him, and now he's a hero. I mean, then he's Reek, and he's like an. In, Beat to death and tortured, right. castrated. castrated yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's went through hell and back. So rest in peace, Theon Greyjoy, and Melisandre, who was one of I'd, I'd say second MVP to the one I'm going to announce shortly. But Melisandre did so much. I mean, the Ring of Fire. Um, you know, she she lit the Dothraki swords on fire. She she was very. Um, what else? She did a few other things. So I, what I killed her? So what killed her? So did she, did she pull like a Luke Skywalker and just like die? So if you recall, um, I think it was season five or six. She she takes off her her youth necklace, okay, um, which gives her a power of immortality. And I think when she took that off, she was already really old. Like yeah, I remember that. Yeah, hundreds of years old. It was a, a mysterious red um, amulet. So apparently, sensing that her work was done, um, you know with this battle and obviously feeling uh, guilt for the death of Shireen, um, she walked into the battle, took off the amulet, and, oh, okay. and, and died, I guess, from natural causes, or maybe she decided just... For old age. Old age, yeah. because she she was already... That was already five years later. Maybe she was already weak and very old when she first took off the amulet, and everyone was like, was, everyone was like holy, you saw yeah, that? Yeah, like, yeah. what the F? Yeah. And we saw Melisandre's true age. Yeah. Um, <laughs> bit, uh, a bit jarring. It was jarring because we, we, we like Melisandre, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, yeah we did. She's so hot to... Uh, 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 <laughs> it just went down. Yeah. <laughs> Tiffany Marie Ford, I hope you're okay Ageism. with us talking about uh, oh, certain no, things. No, are you, are you, no. Have, have you not watched it? I haven't been able to catch up yet, but I've oh my read gosh. so much about it that this is not oh, spoiling it for okay. me. Okay, you already know a lot of these That's, things. I mean, I also read the book, so I know, aside from okay. deviations here and there, I know what's going to happen, okay. but... I think the biggest thing that right now I've kept up with is just the backlash that Arya is getting just because people don't like her rise because of the idea of her becoming, you know, queen and actually taking over. The way that she looks has been a big thing. I'm like, what? She's not a lady for the... She was talked about in the second episode for a sex scene and she was talked about... For this episode, because she killed the Night King, guys. Yes. Uh, Arya... Um, when the Night King picked her up, I really th- we thought she was going to go the same way that uh, Little Bear was, Little Liana. Yeah, yeah. I gotta, I gotta say though, the and way wow, they, the way she killed the Night King. I mean, that was yeah. that was pretty cool. She's earning that her is, place right now. That uh, right, is a bit of a cliche though, where you kill really? like the boss character and then everyone else, the, like all the uh, all no, but that was already known though. Yeah, they already I guess knew so. if he died. They would establish that. Yeah. 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 So that, that you know, and but that's a, that's been done so many times in yeah. so many movies. And but then shows. how's we, how's he gonna kill all them? Because I mean, you can't kill all the dead, and, they, and the, the, the mm. dead that um, the dead killed became the dead. You know, it, it would have been too much. There been no way they could kill all those um, no. those um, White Walkers. 
And those that survived include, of course, Jon Snow, Daenerys. Of course, they're still very, very well needed for the rest of the episodes. We <laughs> only have four left. Uh, J- um, three left, I think, now, yeah. Jamie Lannister, of course. Uh, Brienne of Tarth, which I thought Brienne was going to meet her fate in this episode. Yeah, they, they kind of just, like, abandoned her. Mm-hmm. Where, like, you know, because I was wondering at the end of the episode, what happened to Brienne? Yeah. Like, they didn't really... Uh, you know, she was fighting, and then she was already knighted. So we, f- yeah. we thought that was complete uh, her story. Sansa was in the crypt with Tyrion, and of course, oh, that yeah. was a great scene. So that f- conversation f- between Sansa and Tyrion. That was cool, but the fact that they thought that the crypt was a safe place. Yeah, to when they women, all coming out of the to walls, keep women and children, when the Night King can raise yeah. the dead, you're gonna put them safe, which they think safe in the crypt. Uh, <laughs> how badass was it? At the very when... least, Tyrion should have known better. Come on, <laughs> Tyrion's supposed to be the smartest guy yes. in Westeros, yeah. and he didn't. Have, but how badass was it when the Night King walked out of there and just raised all the dead? Like that, that was a I, cool scene. Dude, that was, yeah, that, 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 I felt like, a lot of trepidation there, man. Um, Forward slash peace pants. Yeah. <laughs> like, why do all these, like, so, like, <laughs> zombies were so much better than Walking Dead? Like, how they... <laughs> they move fast. They don't move slow. Yeah. They, they're killers, man. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, luckily, Gilly and her son, Samuel's uh, son, um, they were okay. Um, Grey Worm and Masande are okay. Podrick, Gendry. Tormund, he survives, and hopefully he will be able to have that giant baby. They didn't really, Brienne. they didn't really show much of Tormund either in that. Not too much, yeah, yeah. So I, I really thought what I thought either Brienne or Tormund were going to go, but maybe they have something else in mind, man. Um, but um, yes, you're right. You alluded to people thinking that Maisie Williams is not deserving or whatever. She kind of had a play on that in a in a way. Um, she had a little skit um, on, um, I think it was Jimmy Fallon, yeah, called Game of Phones, <laughs> where uh, she takes a call from someone, yeah, how could a 90-pound girl, uh, you know, uh, kill the Night King, or, you know. Whatever. Why not? Like, yeah, and uh, she said, well, I know your name, and you're on the list, and I know where you live. It was pretty <laughs> funny. <laughs> so are people really upset about that? I, I don't get it. Eh, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of effed because up. Because, I mean, like, it's fantasy, you know? It's like... Because she, she trained... She, I mean, she trained, yeah. But you were training for like two seasons. The faceless, like, yeah. Faceless, I guess ang- angry a, nerds gonna angry nerds. Yeah, she's the only one that actually trained like for this. Yeah. And then like I mean, all it took was somebody to stab him with the um I guess dragon glass, right? Mm-hmm. Like in the weak spot, and 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 like and like the the night king um, you know I guess saw her as being a kid, didn't mm-hmm. take her as a big threat as you know as the yeah. other ones. So he kind of like let his guard down, and she like took advantage of it. So the showrunners Dave and DB want they already knew. Three years ago, right. Arya would be the one to take out the Night King. If you heard Melisandre, she said she would shut the eyes of those with brown eyes, green eyes, blue eyes, and there you go, the Night King. So that's that's yeah. the blue eyes. Yeah. What's that's the, the blue brown? Eye. What's the brown and green eyes? Um, it's, it's probably various uh, of people so she's already killed. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, like um, oh, his name. Well, Walter totally. Frey, um, um, the guy that liked the young women. I forgot his name. Um, <laughs> You know, I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that's a hell of a way to describe someone—that guy that likes young women. <laughs> it was Walter Frey was the Walter Frey was the the Red Wedding guy, right? Walter Frey was the Red Wedding yeah. guy, and uh, I forgot the other guy's name. Yeah, the guy who um, liked the young women. Yeah, he was like, oh, I like her. Oh, she's too old. She's too old. She's too old. <laughs> she's not twelve. <laughs> uh, Kit Harrington actually joked he was pissed that it was not him. It was not Jon Snow. Who took the, took out the Night King? Um, but he was joking. He, he said he knew for three years that it was going. I think Jon Snow would have been too predictable. 
He's got some other big things going on. Yeah. I'm sure. I think he'll have some, you know, big big moments for. My God, only three. Can you believe there's only three episodes left? What the heck? That's now, crazy. Were you surprised that all this happened in one episode and that the yeah, Kill the Night King in the one episode? Yeah, someone had alluded to it, the battle being two episodes. It was going to bleed over to the next episode. Um, but no, I, the, I think the pacing was perfect. Yeah, the hour and a half. I mean, And we know that there's going to be another big battle coming up with uh, the Golden Company and, and Cersei's army. Yeah. Now that the yes, now that, <laughs> I love it. You're quietly eating the donut. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> if I get any more white powder on my face, I'll look like the walking d- d- dead. <laughs> <laughs> or that, crack, or that, a poke addict. That or yeah, that or Al Pacino and Scarface. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yes. Uh, <laughs> now, let's on talk. The spot. Let's talk about like, seriously. One of the I think maybe the best episode of, of like any series as far as battles that battles we've yes. ever seen on TV. I yeah, man. I mean remember there are other two battles against they had two battles against the army of the dead before. Well, I'm pretty remember. sure Game of Thrones um, is a bigger budget than a lot of movies. Oh yeah. Like yeah. Each I mean, this is definitely a movie I mean hour and a yeah. half is definitely movie quality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean how much had to had to take a long time to film all that. And how much they film on they, they location? Said, well they yeah. said fifteen Days of night shoots, fifteen consecutive days of night shoots. That's it. That's shocking. And I, and yeah, I mean that's that's literally half a month. Mm-hmm. I mean I think that's a lot for one. Well, or fifteen. No, or did they? Did or was it fifteen hour days? Fifteen hour days. Sorry. I, yeah, I remember reading it last week. Fifteen hour days. I'm not sure how many days. It's gotta be more than that because you gotta okay. figure like this is an hour and a half. That's like movie quality. Yeah. 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 And being from other production, yeah, that's yeah. Um, but yeah, and then of course um, at night they had to shoot at night to keep it, um, you know, keep it realistic because yeah. this is this is the long night. You don't want to shoot, you know, on a soundstage yeah. or whatever. They wanted to as authentic as possible outdoors. And it was dark. No light. And it was dark. No light. Yes. Literally, <laughs> these actors are the perfect example that acting is not as glamorous as it looks. I, and I've, yeah, oh, I've yeah. staying as, up all I've, night. I've been on fifteen-hour stays, and mm-hmm. it's yeah, I can. Oof, we can be really crazy. You really gotta love it. Yep. <laughs> um, what else? Um, so, um, oh, this is a really nice story. So there was an 88-year-old's last wish. Um, she wished her caretakers to watch the third episode of Game of Thrones on Sunday. Wow. And in an act of kindness, the providers at Hope Health in Providence, Rhode Island, went to great lengths to make her dream come true. They were able to um, have a video compilation of 10 cast members wishing Claire well. Oh, that's awesome. Um, which is awesome. And, of course, she was able to watch that episode on Sunday, and she passed away the next day on Monday. Oh, oh wow. Man. So she, she just watched the episode. Um, what a cool awesome. grandma. <laughs> yeah. I know, yeah. The older generation doesn't get into Game of Thrones. Because she, like, can she hold on for could she hold on for a few more weeks, though? <laughs> like, yeah. You want to see what happens. Yeah. Maybe Three she's weeks. still watching it from above. That's true. Aww. Um, so, yes, now that the battle with the fell is over, what's next? Well, we know that Lena Headey is another big problem. Um, well, Cersei Lannister is, played by Lena Headey. Um, as you know, she's sitting in King's Landing with Euron Greyjoy, um, getting ready for the battle that you know is coming. And, um, yes... We are looking forward to episode four, which is, I guess, I don't know if they're going to give us a little tease and then have the battle 
And episode five, I have a feeling they're going to set it up. Episode four is going to set things up. Episode five will be the battle. Episode six is the fallout. Yeah, is the fallout, and who? Oh my god, who will be on the Iron Throne? Uh, Well, I guess uh, yes, yes. I guess now I'm going to catch up. um, I promise. (laughs) Now that John and Daenerys's army has been completely decimated, yeah, right. In the uh, Winterfell, in the Battle of Winterfell, it's actually like a challenge again to. Yes. To fight the Lannisters and the, the Iron Islands. Although the Lannister army isn't, doesn't Jamie have command of some of those? I didn't think, I thought Jamie came almost alone to. Uh, okay, so she didn't. So she did come ja- alone, yeah. Okay, so maybe some of Jamie, the Lannister army is loyal to Jamie, possibly. That's possible, I you guess. Know, that's a, that's just, yeah, so they have to rebuild their forces, obviously. Hmm. So I don't know. I mean, who do we have left? We have. Uh, the people from the, the Iron Islands. Uh, but yeah, that's but not, that's not much. Um, the Iron Islands aren't they the kind of part of the bad guys though? They're the um, the ones on Theon's side were the good guys, and ones on um, Euron's, Euron's side. side but aren't they mostly on Euron's side? I guess Yara is going to the Iron Islands, and that might yeah. change things. So I don't know who you're right. Who do they have left to fight for the army? Yeah, yeah that's a good question. Um, Hopefully that wasn't all the Unsullied and all the Dothraki. Hopefully there are more. Well, sure looked like it was all of them, <laughs> yeah. but... Yeah, it, um, it was. I think oof. it was. Man, so let's but, drop some other TV. But what a great... Unless you have anything else on Game of Thrones. Yeah, I mean, just what drop. a great um, job they did with building all Dude. these characters all these yes. seasons. Yes, yes, I mean, did, look, man. Like, I, you know, I, always, I, I compare it to Game of Thrones, to um, Walking Dead, where, like, yeah. there's so many, like, characters that I'm like, who the hell is this guy on Walking <laughs> Dead? But somehow, like almost every character on Game of Thrones, like means means something. It has been built up over the years. Yeah. You know, so when they die, it's a much bigger deal than um, Walking Dead, where people die all the time. You're like, who was that? You're like, who who just died? Like, you that's, don't know. That's fair. And plus, Walking Dead has like way more episodes per season than on Game of Thrones. Yeah, they have 16 episodes versus 10 yeah. previously, and then seven, and now six. So it just shows you that good writing, what good writing does, and having yeah. like a you know a game plan. And Tiff? Game of Thrones apparently brings people that don't believe in relationships together. My uh, my roommate, he's always, for the past couple years since I've known him, uh, he's been very anti-relationship. And then we noticed fairly recently, um, one, the soundtrack to Game of Thrones blaring from downstairs, and two, the same girl coming around for several months. So I, I joke with him, I'm like, is this one the one? He's like, I don't know, but I guess I realized it was in a relationship when I let her stay over to watch Game of Thrones with me and we didn't do anything else. I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh, Wow. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, I guess, I guess I'm in a relationship now. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting because that they show a lot of that on Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, but that, that's great. I can't wait for next week. Um, let's uh, throw out a couple more TV things, and looks like, uh, yeah, we might have to wrap up. Uh, so Westworld is another great show on HBO. Uh, another a big cast addition for season three is Vincent Cassell. Um, they're tight-lipped on the character he will play, but he'll be a, a villain and a series regular. Um, and if you didn't know, um, Aaron Paul will be joining Westworld. Really? Wow. Season three. That's cool. Yes, yes. Um, another high-profile. It's a busy year between that and the um, Breaking Bad movie. Breaking Bad oh, movie. Oh, when is that? And, has that um, already been filmed? And the other series I believe they're filming has. now. <clears throat> okay. And the other series he has on Amazon Prime as well. Yeah. Yeah. So Aaron Paul is uh, super busy. Um, Gabriel Luna will be suiting up as Marvel's Ghost Rider for Hulu. So this is a recently announced Hulu live action series based on the comic book character. As you know, Gabe, uh, Gabriel Luna, we interviewed him at the red carpet in Sundance. 
um, for the movie Hala, but he's got a bigger role coming up in the upcoming Terminator movie as the Terminator. So, hmm. um, Terminator Dark Fate with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Linda Hamilton calling, uh, coming back to the cast. Um, Handmaid's Tale Season 3, the trailer just dropped uh, today. Um, big Handmaid's Tale, I see you uh, raising the roof over there. Um, <laughs> I was waiting. Yes, yes, yeah, I, I need to catch up. I do need to catch up, I mean... I, I know that it is a very good show, um, but you got a chance to check out the trailer. It's uncomfortable to watch, and that's yeah. what makes it so important to watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. A lot of it is. A lot of issues there. A lot of social issues is tied into it. I need uh, someone's login for Hulu. I mean, it brings <laughs> my... <laughs> Thank you. Me it, too. It brings, my, it brings <laughs> Thank Pence's you. view of a euphoria to life. It really does. It's. I think mm. that's why they wrote it. No, I'm kidding. Um, but <laughs> even the book, like, it's it's dark, but it's... Wow. It's, it's you can't look away from a, a car accident dark. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's yeah, and then you're just like, she did what? <laughs> uh, Gotham finally ended, and we finally saw Batman in the series finale of Gotham as young actor David Mazuz. Um, he didn't speak, but they just had him in the cowl in a very quick scene because he's still very young looking. I don't think they wanted him, him to do too much as Batman, but they did have another actress uh, come in, uh, Lily Simmons to play Catwoman instead of uh, Cameron uh, because she's still really young as well. So they wanted to show a little bit of a time jump and just show the beginning of the Batman universe, which looks pretty good. Um, Santa Clarita Diet canceled on Netflix, uh, Drew Barrymore's zombie comedy. I forgot that show existed. Yeah, I never even heard about that show. (laughs) Sorry. I saw the first three episodes of that first season, and then I was like, oh, this is okay, and then I forgot about it. (laughs) (laughs) Jerk. So Barack Obama <laughs> and Michelle Obama will be producers with Netflix. You know, they signed a deal. They um, they have a whole bunch of productions, which is crazy. Um, one is called American Factory, a film that was uh, that screened at the Sundance Film Festival, where it won a directing award for U.S. documentary. Um, they're producing a show called Bloom, a scripted series. Um, described really? as an upstairs downstairs drama in the world of fashion after World War II. That is a that's mm-hmm. surprising that they're they're doing um, narrative type uh, t- type shows. They're doing all kinds of stuff. Huh. Man. And how do you like that transition from you know commander in chief to producer on Netflix? Interesting, right? I mean, he doesn't he didn't want to stay in politics, obviously. Right. <laughs> he just wants to go to Hollywood. <laughs> I think it's an interesting uh, transition for. For President Obama. Um, they're doing an untitled Frederick Douglass movie. They're doing a scripted anthology series called Overlooked. Um, the column tells the stories of individuals whose deaths were not reported by the newspaper. Hmm. Um, a show called Fifth Risk, a nonfiction series, will be done by everyday heroes who guide our government. Man, all kinds of stuff. It's like, it's like too much stuff on Netflix. Oh, my God. Yeah. Crip Camp, a feature-length documentary about summer camp for disabled teens. What's it called? Um, uh, Crip, Crip Camp. camp. <laughs> Isn't it offensive? It sounds like a camp preparing you to be a gangster. Yeah, yeah that's what does. I was... But either that or... Crippled, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Either that or preparing you to be like a, you know, mortuary. That sounds very uh, politically <laughs> incorrect of, of Obama to have to produce a show called Crip Camp. This is very camp. triggering. Can they call it Tales from the Crip? Well, there <laughs> is, there oh, is no. a chance. Yeah. Well, that's where I was... Uh, initially, mm-hmm. that's what I thought, too. Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. Tales <laughs> from the Crypts. Oh. <laughs> Empire will be back for a sixth season, but Jesse Smollett apparently will not be back for it. Good. 
Yeah, I'm sure happy <laughs> yeah. about that, Chachi. Smollett was written out of the final two episodes. I'm surprised about that. Actually. Of the fifth season, yeah. E- even I'm though, ready to never talk about Jesse Smollett ever again. Even though charges were dropped, but yes, um, hopefully this is the last time we're going to talk about it. Yeah, charges yeah. were dropped as much as OJ charges were dropped. <laughs> right. <laughs> Video? Um, awesome! Wow. Veronica Mars trailers. Oh, are, are you showing oh, the? Cor- nice. Is that a corset? Did I miss a corset photo? Oh, oh the, yes. Oh, that's different. I, I love that. See that one. I love that. So you said you had to like use the door to get that on or something? You, you <laughs> how many? How many costumes? No. Why don't you wear use over the, the weekend? Why don't you use this? Oh. Wow. Instead of the doorknob, why don't you use a soto knob? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> <Just teasing. laughs> he went there. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Um, Veronica Mars trailer uh, is here. Oh, you're a fan of Veronica Mars, I thought. Actually, right? I've never seen it. Oh, so. <laughs> so, oh no. <laughs> I mean, I heard it's great. Yeah. It's just that I never was it a comic it. book? Um, I, I know it wasn't. I don't no. think so. That's just, why. There, yeah. may have been, there may have been a comic book that came uh, out after okay, the uh, show yeah. was popular, but. Uh, <laughs> it's another um, mini series. Um, as you know, they had the movie. After the series, and now they're having the miniseries because they still have very rabid fans. Is it still? Is it Kristen? Um, yeah, uh, Kristen Bell. Real? Still Kristen Bell. Yeah, and, and a uh, lot of the original cast. And Shannon Doherty has officially signed on to Fox's Beverly Hills 90210 revival, BH 90210, um, which is. That's cool. shocking. Wow. So really? everybody, everybody's back, of course. Her, her health is good enough to come back, I guess. Apparently so, yeah. Well, that's good news. She'll, she'll uh, as you know, she played Brenda Walsh. And you know, it's going to be uh, the co-stars playing heightened versions of themselves. I don't like that. That makes it more reality-focused. Yeah, I, like I thought I really wanted it to be, you know, reunion-focused, and then maybe could spotlight their kids. But yeah, they, they so weren't what? going. So it's a, it's a series about them making the series? <laughs> Pretty much, I yeah. Sounds, I don't like that. Seriception. Yeah. You don't like you don't like meta shows like that. Where no, why don't they just come back and be their own characters? I don't know why no yeah. one cares Hipster. about them playing themselves. <laughs> yeah, especially now that they're not they're not of the um of the age that age range, you know. Right. But I'm sad yeah. that she, I'm sad that she finally comes back now and Luke Perry's gone. Yeah, that that was certainly sad. sad to see see him go. Um so the Billboard Awards are tonight. Um, oh, I didn't hear about Taylor that. Swift um, performed her new song, Me. You can get any more uh, pretentious than that. <laughs> what, 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 did, she, did she finally admit that she's the problem? Uh, yeah, you know, right? Was, I don't know. You yeah. say you can't get any more pretentious than that, but we all remember a certain instance between her and Kanye West. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sophie Turner, Eva Longoria, um, Jennifer Hudson, Olivia Wilde um, mm. will be presenters. Mm. Um, yeah, I know, right? Very nice. The performers, <laughs> including uh, Taylor Swift, is Mariah Carey, oh. Madonna, Ariana Grande. Really? Yeah. Ma- Madonna or which one? Ariana. I'm, I'm surprised. All Mariah Carey and Madonna. Like, I'm su- actually yeah. getting... Real artists yeah. for the show? <laughs> yeah, you like that, huh? Jonas Brothers? You found a Jonas Oh, and then you right. said that. Yeah. They're going on tour. Sierra, Panic at the Disco, Paula Abdul's performing. Paula Abdul, wow. Yeah. yeah. This is actually like a good... Now tell me if you really want to love me <laughs> yeah. forever. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, it's it's compared to... I'm sure they go with Cold Hearted Snake. <laughs> Who's BTS? Is that that Korean band? BTS. Oh, yes. They were actually at uh, Coachella. <laughs> okay, yeah, BTS. Coachella really brought it up and stepped okay. up the game with diversity this year. Four different Korean, Japanese, mm-hmm. alternative, like, J-rock, pop. J-rock, K-pop, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um... No, but I'm glad, like, this actually has real artists compared to, like... Great um, artists, yeah. MTV, um, MTV awards that, you know, have... <laughs> like, who the hell is this person? Or, like, who's this horrible rapper? <laughs> 
Um, I'll just read one category. Top artists is Cardi B, Drake, uh, Ariana Grande, oh, okay. it now. Post Malone, and Travis yeah, do. Scott. I don't like any of these art. Oh, no, I like. Yeah. I, I guess Ariana Grande is probably yeah, the one. She's like the only one with like talent. Yeah, with talent. Post Malone actually surprised me at the uh, when he played guitar and sang, but he usually goes for the rap route, which is pretty insane. Yeah, but he has face tattoos. Um, I can't take him seriously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Mike Tyson. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yes, uh, t- check out t- uh, Taylor's new music video for me, which uh, just dropped. And apparently, um, was very trending on online. Um, also, people are talking about Woodstock '50 being canceled. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm glad. Um, which featured Jay Z, Miley Cyrus, oh, oh. Dead Company, The Raconteurs, dozens more. Um, no surprise there. You can't live up to that brand again. No, especially with especially those not all the f- not with the fires and rapes the last time around. Oh wow, I heard that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you can't you can't top that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, but like, <laughs> no, but like yeah. Woodstock '50. I thought they were gonna be like you know the the end all be all of, of festivals, but they're like it's it's like a watered down like shitty festival. Like, I mean, there's some good ones. I mean, yeah. like, like Dead and Company, I think it's cool they have them and like John Fogerty mm-hmm. and stuff and some a lot mm-hmm. of the original people or, or a handful of the original people. Yep. I mean, but I thought, you know, maybe they would do something like, you know, maybe have like a Led Zeppelin like reunion or, or something crazy. But you but have to pay homage to the, some of the bands that were there then, yeah. But no, wait, but nobody from the 94 Woodstock that I saw on the list um, was on this one. And like, I mean, Miley Cyrus as a headliner for Woodstock. I mean, I thought it was <laughs> off. And then J- and we Jay- like Miley, but not, but not as a headliner. Oh, you know what, though? Right? I mean, not for Woodstock. I mean, Sha Na Na played at the original Woodstock. <laughs> you know, no one ever talks about that. So... You can um, have you can have fifty um, the fiftieth anniversary yeah. and like and somehow they didn't they didn't get the permits for this festival <laughs> like, what the hell <laughs> and like um John Fergerty said said that um mm-hmm. he was paid for it so he's gonna donate his um portion to um charity um, so they're all gonna go in the red but because they pay the, these artists they pay the artists to, ahead of time yeah. and didn't have the permits for the festival like how do you do that yeah they have, it's the safety of the of the people I mean, there yeah don't they know like you don't pay the artists until afterwards be, be like fire fire festival. Exactly. Yeah, you don't pay the artists ahead of time. Although I hope Austin City Limits Music Festival did a lot better. They just announced some of the headliners for that. Right. Guns N' Roses, The Cure, Mumford & Sons will headline the uh, Austin City Limits. Well, that sounds better already than Woodstock. That does yes. sound better. Once oh. you said Guns N' Roses, I'm like, I'm done. Yeah. I'm in. But Woodstock And The Cure for me, yeah. And but they the are Cure. having like a... Um, you know, a festival at the original location of Woodstock this summer. Yes. Because this was going to be, like, not in Bethel or whatever. But they're not going to call it Woodstock, are they? No, no. Okay, just a tribute kind of Just show. in the exact location, though. Yeah. Now you have the Miley Cyrus cover of Guns N' Roses, Every Rose Stuck in My Head. Yeah. <laughs> Is that horrible? Uh, I actually think it brought a different emotion to it. I have sang it until I've lost my voice before. Yes. Really? By the way, we have to do karaoke one day. We do. What's a good karaoke around you? Um, I would say down toward Alexandria. The yeah, has the, everything. the King Cafe, whatever. Every, no, uh, the but one, you know which one I'm talking about. They it's have it, but there's an actual DJ Tuesday oh. nights at a sports bar. That's okay. really fun, but it's Alexandria, okay. and he has every song in a great setup. Okay. Uh, Ron Gray, he's amazing. We'll have to do that sometime. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's wrap it up, guys. We have some sad passings to announce. John Singleton, a director extraordinaire. Oh, sad. Passed away at the age of 51. Um, like, real young. Boys in the Hood. Like yeah. Tremendous movie. Yeah, Boys in the Hood was one of his, uh... And he did, like, Too Fast, Too Furious. D- yes, yes, Too Fast, Too Furious. Which is, like, Furious one of the well. better ones. Well, yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah, certainly a great talent. Um, lots of heartfelt, um, tweets and, um, uh, posts about... Because he really affected a lot of people, both in... The entertainment industry, both in film, television, and music. Um, like even Ice Cube 
uh, released a statement. Uh, thank you, John, for being my friend, my brother, for mm -hmm. a mentor for 30 years, for believing in me when I was unsure of myself, for believing me when um, uh, your passion for telling our stories from our point of view was more than obsession. It was your mission in life. That's coming from Doughboy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think that was before um, Friday, right? Boys mm -hmm. in the Hood? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm not sure, but yeah, I think I think right. it was before, yeah. Um, also, um, condolences to the, the Braxton family as um, Lauren Braxton, daughter of Braxton, um, the Braxton brother, Michael Connor Braxton, um, passed away, and uh, this was in Maryland, because as you know, Tony Braxton is from, from Maryland. Maryland yeah. A lot of her family is from there. Um, and a Brazilian model named Caroline Bittencourt died at the age of 37 in a very tragic accident um, where she drowned. Um, she went overboard on the catamaran after an unexpected storm uh, rolled into Sao, Sao Paulo. Damn. Um, it's sad when any hot Brazilian passes away. <laughs> and this is a Too local. Soon. This, this is a local name I have to throw out because I forgot to mention it last week. He is a um, an icon in the um, DMV acting industry. His name is Brian Dragonuk. <coughs> name probably doesn't ring a bell, but he was instrumental in creating a newsletter and a website, and I think I mentioned to you, uh, Tiffany, called Dragonuk Connects. He mm -hmm. um, launched this website, um, which had a lot of job postings um, f in the acting and production and theater and all everything in the arts. Um, he established this website and email newsletter. He did all the social media for it. Um, he passed away, um, um, and pretty sad. He, he passed away at the age of 66, I believe. Yeah. Um, um, he was uh, in the hospital, or he was in a reha rehabilitation center in Sykesville after a recent foot surgery, and he, and he died in the sleep there. So, My old hometown. Yeah. So. Um, and you said that website was like this wasn't another site run by someone like asking you for an expensive subscription no, or a month either. He provided a free service, a free basic service. Mm -hmm. They did have a premium service where you can upload the stuff, but all the postings were on the free part. So it was a valuable resource for actors in the D.C. Maryland region area and beyond. They posted a lot of other stuff too. So. Um, and we really hope Alex Trebek will be all right. He just did his first uh, interview um, since his cancer diagnosis mm. on Good Morning America's Robin Roberts. And um, he um, hopes to be back in the fall. He's hoping that he can get, you know, the um, re the remission status that he needs after his, uh, you know, going through his chemo chemotherapy treatments. Um, um, but he says, yeah, it's really affected him in a lot of ways. Yeah, we also lost... Um we have another one? Sports um, legend, like Hall of Famer, um, Gino Marchetti from oh, the Baltimore wow. Col Colts. Oh, and actually started name, the yeah. Gino's um, Burgers um, chain here around oh, the wow. uh, Maryland, um, Pennsylvania area. Oh. Yeah, he passed away. He started the Baltimore chain? He did, yeah. Oh, wow. He started oh, the whole man. franchise. Oh, the franchise outside of Baltimore? No, all over. Oh, that oh, was his franchise. All over the, the country? Oh, well, over the region is where oh, just how, the how far it went. Yeah. Oh, okay, it just regional. It was regional. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure how far it went uh, yeah. regionally. I think it, I think it was like a few states. Oh wow. Okay. Um. Yeah, but he was a legend. Yeah. Britney Spears is back home after her treatment in a mental health facility. Um. Apparently, she's ready to get back into her routine. So, well wishes to Britney. I was, you know, she was going through some issues. Well, I thought she was with her father. Yeah, I thought it was her dad. Father's health and stuff. Okay. And, you know the the I guess the overwhelming uh, you know because she her father was conservator and you know very big yeah. part of her life and stuff like that so um, 
Uh, Speaking of Britney Spears, today is the um, 30th anniversary of the opening of um, Disney um, Hollywood Studios. Oh, cool. They're known as Disney MGM Studios, which is where they originally filmed the Mickey Mouse Club. Okay. Which is where Britney Spears got her start, and they filmed it down in Orlando at the at the theme park. Oh, so wow. it opened 30 years ago today, and they also opened um, Pleasure Island. Um, yes, yeah, so Disney's Pleasure the, Island, which is a nightclub bar, area the scene, that opened Disney. tonight 30 years ago today. And that's still um, alive and running, yeah. No, that uh, no Pleasure Island closed 2008. Oh, 2008. And oh. MGM changed from M- called it MGM Studios to um, okay. Hollywood Studios. I was wondering why we were there and, for Star Wars Celebration. We didn't stop by. 2008. That oh. makes sense because that's 2017. <laughs> best nightclub area right. I've seen it anywhere, <laughs> Vegas or anywhere. I know it was, it was fun. It was fun, man. Mannequins was the big revolving dance floor. <laughs> Like, that I'm was ashamed incredible. To admit I've been. No, don't be ashamed. <laughs> I, was, I was actually there on the final night it closed. Moving dance floor. Yeah, I was there on the final night it closed oh, back really? in 2008. Oh, yep. You sent me this, uh, Chachi. One of your favorite actors, Ricky Schroeder. Schroeder's in jail. Oh, one of my favorite actors. <laughs> well, it's an 80s throwback. <laughs> yeah, still Silver Spoons. Yeah. And he's still working today. He still has quite yeah. a career. Um, he's in jail after um, the domestic violence. Apparently, he hit his girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ugh. Um, congratulations. Better with, better with a spoon. Yeah. Uh, right? Walking Dead alum, uh, Stephen Yoon um, from The Walking Dead, uh, known as Glenn. Uh, Welcome to his uh, second uh, baby, Precious Girl, mm. as well as um, Tamron Hall from The Today Show, um, which is interesting. She gave birth uh, to her uh, new baby, but her co-anchor, uh, Jenna Bush Hager, um, George W. Bush's daughter, um, is pregnant with her third child, so they kind of got both news around the same time. Um, they both host the same show. Um, Idris Elba is a married man. Um, as you know, he's going to be in the next uh, Suicide Squad movie um, to his longtime girlfriend, Sabrina Doe. Doe, pronounce that. Um, as well as Giancomo Giannotti, um, the Grey's Anatomy actor who plays Dr. Andrew DeLuca, um, married his longtime um Love Nicole Gustafson. You see Grey's Anatomy, you said? Grey's Anatomy, yeah. How's that show still on the air? Seriously, how, right? That's incredible. Like, like Game of Thrones is doing it right. They're ending at, at their peak. Yep. You know, and they're going out on top. Like, it's been, what, like 14 years now? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, I mean, it was popular. Well, it's like, it's like Law and Order. Law and Order's been on for God knows how long. They have like, so many different 25 years. Now. Well, like, SVU, just SVU, which is. Maybe the only Law and Order show yeah. that's currently on. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's been on for like probably close to Love twenty years. Love the procedural years. shows do really well. Yeah, NCIS. That's twenty. So I mean, you could you could say you could also say the same thing about like The Simpsons. Simpsons yeah. has been on since like the what? Simpsons. Nineteen ninety. And you also yeah. sent me this as well. Pete Davidson and Kate Beckinsale. Uh, apparently, their romance ran its course. Good. After four months. He's of, had a rough year. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. broke up his. Although uh, maybe not because he he slept with both Ariana Grande and Grande Kate, and <laughs> Kate Beckinsale, right? So wait, well, wait, you said four months. I'm like, oh, he's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He'll get over well, it. Well, yeah, then a nice twenty year age gap, and apparently he addressed it on on Saturday Night Live uh, not too long ago that he's not the only one with the age gap, but it's usually the other way around. It's the yeah, men, men I mean, women. yeah, that doesn't that's not an issue, but yeah, <laughs> <it's>, uh, <laughs> yeah, but. He, but he like he was suicidal last time, right? When they broke up. Yeah, so he did have a little bit of, of a hell of a year because of that happened. Yeah, um, and be happy. Yeah, to I, know I was afraid of something about him being in Baltimore that he did something at McDonald's. Oh yeah, he because when he saw Endgame, like uh, he was in Baltimore like Wait, last week. P. 
Pete Davidson was in Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah. How did I not know this? And what what brought him to Baltimore? It says here. It says here that he um, spent four hundred dollars at McDonald's. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what? I think I he think was there for a stand-up show. It says. And, oh, like, I didn't was know he, he was in doing stand-up, stand-up here? Like, you weren't, weren't busy last weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I was at the uh, White House yeah, Correspondence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I saw that. Same I was, I was, I was, I was doing whiskey shots with Daniel Panabaker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so it said, it said, um, comedian probably everybody in Avengers Endgame screening that he attended happy, treating not only his own group of friends but everybody else in attendance, oh, along cool, with man. the movie theater staff, to some McDonald's on his dime. The tab ended up being four hundred dollars. Um, which is a lot of food from McDonald's. Wow. Yeah. That's actually, I mean... That's pretty cool. That is cool, but mm. that's not that much for, like, a crowded theater. And McDonald's, uh, they have a dollar menu. Come yeah. on. Yeah, he probably just got dollar menu that's stuff. A, that's then. a lot of... Um, mm. like, like, a value meal is, like, what? Like, seven bucks? So that's a lot of value meals. Hey, yeah. if Pete can do it, Trump can do it, too. And that Trump did that that's right, recently yeah. again. Uh, catering finest McDonald's to... The youth well, of America, the, right? Yeah. Oh, wow. Whatever. Hey, here's okay. kids. I care. Here's some obesity for you. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we should wrap things up, guys. We end with birthdays today. We'll skip wrestling this week. I don't think anyone... No, nobody cares about wrestling. <laughs> 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 uh, oh, snap. Yeah, yeah well, WrestleMania? Is it is WrestleMania? Getting... No. You said that, and I have no. friends that are suddenly going to go, I'm done watching this show, Tiff. No offense. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we both have early days, and I, I know you got one, and I'm up in New York tomorrow. So, um, it's a couple birthdays. Um, Ray Parker Jr., the Ghostbuster singer, 65. Oh, nice. Um, let's see. Did he ever do anything besides Ghostbusters? That's a good Bustin question. Makes oh, he did a lot of songs. Feel good. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. Can you name another one? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Throwing in some sound effects. I'm in love with another woman. I'm in love with another woman. <laughs> no, I still is that is that like a real song? Or are you yeah, just making this? Song, oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> I mean, you could you could have said effectively any title yeah. whatsoever. If you want to been here like on the a... show, we don't mind. Yeah. Like, we don't know what's going on in your personal life. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, Tim McGraw, country singer, fifty-two. Darcy from Smashing Pumpkins, fifty-one. Oh wow! Can you believe that? Director Wes Anderson, fifty. Actress Julie Benz from No Ordinary Families, 47. Darius McCrary from Family Matters is 43. James Badge Dale is 41. Actor Jamie Dornan from Fifty Shades of Grey is 37. <laughs> Carrie Bechet from Argo and I um, can't remember what else. She's 35. Caitlin Stacy from Rain and For the People is 29. That's birthdays today. And that is it, guys. This has been Damn. a marathon tonight. Ooh. Marathon show. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. TMF, I appreciate you sticking around. I know you haven't Every been Every time cop- you say TMF, I keep going in a completely different yeah, direction. Right? <laughs> I can get used to oh, that. Oh, I see where he went. I don't know. What, what, what are you talking uh-huh. about? Uh-huh. I, I, I won't say, but... Tiffany, motherfucker! That's exactly it. that, not that. That was actually not what I was yeah. thinking, but that's that's okay. okay. Yeah. But like you say that, and I'm like, TMF. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, that's her. Or it's like <laughs> trademark. We just do TM. Yeah. I used to do that when I was a kid. I used to just put TM in the same font. I'd see like TM next to everything is trademark. <laughs> I used to do that too, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So does anybody have any albums <laughs> dropping, film premieres, anything you want to promote or plug? Well, I've got an album dropping and a film. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry for the wind being taken out of your sails. Yeah, it happens. But, uh, we'll, uh, we'll make uh, we'll make we'll make that better. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah. It's uh, you know, that was not something I probably should have been 
that into, but right. <laughs> <laughs> you're being very vague. <laughs> yeah. No. Anyways, might have to do some editing. Um, thank yeah, you so much for everybody in, on the panel, <laughs> including Mike, the General Zod, the 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 Poker of Bears, uh, <laughs> like, DMV's that, version that, of Eminem. The Poker of Bears sounds like <laughs> such a gay euphemism. <laughs> and it's like a, <laughs> that is so, so true. Yeah. yeah so um, it's pretty bad you thought of that too. Yeah, that's that's the first thing uh, I thought of. Yeah, what does that say about Chachi? Me? McFly, the, <laughs> the king of the 80s. Yes. Will you be smoking any Cubanos? Any Cuban cigars? I'm going to try. If I go, okay. I'm going to try. Not a fan of smoking in general, I'm not but, a fan, but, not but not you'll fan. try. You going to Cuba? I'll have to, yeah. yeah. Wednesday. Oh, nice. You used to yeah. try a Cuban cigar on principle. You have to, right? Yep. Yeah. Right. And, and, and Cuban horrors. I mean, you got to do it. Cuban food oh, is yeah, so horse. good. Yeah, yeah. Yes. While you're in Cuba, right? Oh. Cuban. Did you say Cuban horse? Yeah. Ooh. Cuban? Oh. Well, I mean, why you're in Cuba? I mean, what are you doing? I mean, <laughs> of course, that's why. <laughs> not my fault. They're yeah, it's not like, it's not like they beat uh, Czechoslovakian horse. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the one and so. only TMF, a.k.a. Fearless, a.k.a. Whispers of Autumn cosplay, right? Did I get it right? Yeah, there we go. A.k.a. by a real name, Tiffany Marie Ford. That's a long list. He did not have to do that. I feel special and humble. <laughs> Thank and that's you. right. I'm Al Soto, <laughs> aka Alberto, Lord Alberto of House Soto, aka Celebrity Soto, aka your host for the most. Um, I'll be at Tribeca. Some good uh, carpets. Um, extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. Zach Raffron and Lily Collins. Um, we'll be on the carpet for a documentary called It Takes a Lunatic. Robert De Niro is involved with that project who actually started the Tribeca Film Festival right after 9-11, just a little trivia. Also... He also was at Samantha B. He was... Yes. On Friday night. He was. Yeah. What a legend. Uh, De Niro, hopefully I get to meet him this time. Yeah. I don't know if I will. And um, I think we're winning a couple more confirms, but uh, click on this. Uh, doing big things um, in uh, the film festival circuit. So Awesome. You know, twist my arm. Okay, sure, I'll go. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so there you go, guys. Um, and that's right. Our final interview from Monster Mania. This is a Chachi-centered um, show as well as a Cobra Kai show. This is the final interview that you conducted at Monster Mania with a child actor, Jabril Nantambu from the Halloween oh, yes. movie 2018. This um, he did. He was like the comic relief of the show. Uh, brilliant young actor. Um, really funny. And uh, good way to close out the show. Um, and uh, next week we're uh, more awesome con interviews um, and a lot more, guys. It's been incredible from top to bottom. On behalf of everybody in studio, we will see you guys next time. Until then, peace. Peace. See ya. Hey guys, we're here at Monster Mania with Jabril Natambu, right? Yes. I got it right, good, good. You know him as Julian from the, the new Halloween movie. We're very excited. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Awesome, yeah. awesome. You're definitely one of the highlights of the new Halloween movie. It cracked me up. Um, how did you get selected for such a great movie? Was this your first role? Yes, it was. Well, my dad, he used to be a music producer, okay. and he had a group called The Tainers. Oh, awesome, okay. And um, um, an agent reached out to them, and then like me and my brothers and sisters were already like 
like we love theater and film, so he put us in the system with that agent, and we auditioned for some roles, and I got this one, and I didn't realize how such a big <laughs> franchise horror right. was in the movie industry. Yeah. So that's before your time, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> how old are you now? Ten. Ten years old, and you land a major movie for your first role. That's pretty incredible. It is. <laughs> so, um, have, did you go back and watch any of the old movies to prepare yourself, or are you not allowed to watch horror movies? Um, well, I'm not. A, well, at the time, I wasn't allowed to watch okay. horror movies, and no, but I, I really don't like horror movies. Like some horror movies, like like kind of like um, not necessarily, but like Bird Box or something. It's yes. like a horror movie, but then still, it's like you know. More like a thriller, I guess. Yeah, it's right? like a not thriller. Like a, not like a slasher movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so doing the film, did you have any kind of like nightmares afterwards, or did it all seem like pretty much like make believe for you? It was make believe. Yeah. It wasn't. No, I didn't have any nightmares. That's good. No. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> well, how was it me and the cast? Did anybody try to like help like mentor you in acting or anything? Like, did you meet Jamie Lee Curtis or anything? Yeah, Jamie Lee yeah. Curtis was extraordinarily nice and she oh, was nice. humble and she was oh. just very kind. Yeah. yeah. Um, did she offer you any kind of tips for acting? Um. Not that I remember. Okay, okay. Um, and now, and, and your role is pretty funny, but you you did say a lot of um, different curse words. Did, are you allowed to say that kind of stuff at home, or did you get permission to say that for the movie? Well, um, they like they like so basically it was like they didn't say, oh, can he say that or anything right. like that. <laughs> so we did like the first take, and then right. they just like on oh, like while we're doing, they're like say that, say this, like they secretly <laughs> right. like sneakily, but no, they snuck it not, in, right? Yeah, yeah, I don't say that at my house. No, no, you get beat, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> no, 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 I won't. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding with but you. Still, I don't know. I would have got beat if I was a kid, but no. <laughs> um, well, with the laws so, today. Right, exactly. Laws today. Yes, yes. So, um, do you want to do more movies now that you've been in this um, movie? Yes, I want to do more movies, but I don't want acting to be my main career. You don't? Okay. Yeah, I just want to, you know, just do it, you know, to have that experience. But um, I want to go to MIT and wow. get a master's degree in mechanical engineering. That's all. Awesome. Give me five. That's awesome. Yeah. Smart kid. Then, huh? Smart kid. Mm -hmm. That's good to have acting, you know, like to fall back on and stuff, but always get that degree first. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can we see you in the um, sequel with Halloween? Because that's going to be a sequel. Um, yeah. Me and uh, the, 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 like, the production company and the makers, okay. like, like how the 15-minute take, how everybody liked it so much, and everybody who comes up, they say you did such a great job in it and stuff. Yeah. If they like, if they like realize that that's how much everybody, you know, liked that, they're probably they're gonna put me in. They better put you in, or people are gonna be mad. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody just told me. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, did you watch the whole movie after it came out? No, I didn't. I just watched my clip. That's your clip, okay? Yeah. So you don't know what even happened. Yeah. I mean, I've been talking to some different people, and I mean, I know some things. I know Michael Myers didn't die. Right. Oh, don't ruin it for everybody. No, he, he never dies. He never dies. <laughs> um, can we see any other movies? Uh, any other auditions you've been going on, or any? Well, I'm currently in a TV show right now. Oh, what show is that? Um, Ink. It's for Apple TV. Okay, cool. Cool. And what what is your role in this one? Well, or you, or you can't say you can't say yet. Okay, that's fine. We don't want to get you in trouble, you know. Your dad would kill me. <laughs> um, okay. Well, how do people act now towards you? I'm sure you have like a lot of friends and stuff, you know, around your. Um, well, at my at my school back yeah. home, um, that's what I like about my friends. They don't treat me any way differently. Oh, they don't. Okay. Which I really do like. And if I have any fake friends, I'll know they're fake friends. <laughs> yes. 
And I have like my my two like best 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 friends uh -huh. are Mai and Abi, and like they okay. like we've known each other since kindergarten. Awesome. Oh, and Carter, and a few other people. But um. Like so, yeah. But I know who's real. You know who's real. Okay, yeah. okay. Do you have like you're probably too young for girls? Do you have girls trying to like talk to you now and stuff? No, that's good. Keep them away. Good trouble. <laughs> that's good. So your friends are really supportive. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, any other projects coming up now besides your um, series? Well, um, I just got a role for something called. Um, April Fools. Okay. If you want to know anything more, no. you can watch the short. Okay. But besides that, what will that be on? Do, do we know what that's going to be on yet, or don't you don't know yet? Okay. Nah, I think it's just a it's just a movie, so it's going to be a movie. So I mean, me and just on DVD in the movies. So yeah. Awesome, awesome. Well, you staying busy and you staying humble and yeah. great personality. It's awesome. Um, do you mind um, saying like you're singing to below the belt show? Like say your name, say what you're from, say Halloween, your character. Maybe throw out like a quote from the movie or whatever. Okay. And it's below the belt show. Okay. And just looking at the camera and you can talk right here. Um, my name is Jabril Nantambu. I'm 10 years old. I played the role of um, Julian um, in the new Halloween movie. And one of my favorite quotes in it is um, send day first. That's awesome. Awesome. And so you're, you're on below the belt show. Below oh, the belt. Oh, yeah, and that was on the Below, below the Belt show. Tell them what you can follow you on Instagram. Yeah, tell us, yeah. You can follow me at Jabril Nantambu. Awesome. Yeah. Instagram, right? Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much, sir. Awesome. <laughs> well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain. Bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye.